previously on Bad Radio. How's I missed the baby? You. Uh, who cares? You don't care. No, we care. How's Dragon? Dudes don't. That's her middle name. What is this your bit? You're going to make fun of a poor little girl? Go ahead. Kick, yeah. kick the baby, girl. Yeah. I'm just asking how she Enjoy is. Yourself. I'm just interested in how the baby's doing. Yeah, don't make fun of names, dude. <laughs> right. Endear yourself more to the P1 by making fun of a little one-week-old old baby. Hmm. Who's probably peacefully napping even as we speak. Probably, because hmm. I'm not there. Name Dragon. Her middle name is Dragon. It's a family name. Hmm. You want to take it up with my wife, A-Hole? Sure. sure, get her on the line. What an effed-up name that is. Maybe I will get her on the line. Big sack, Tom. <laughs> Can't all be Big freaking balls. <laughs> God, what's what wrong you with you? Why Seriously. are you doing a bit? What are you talking about? You're Why doing you a bit. I'm not baby. doing a bit. I'm attacking her name. Why? I did it from the get-go when I heard it. I'm not doing a bit. And I'm not your bra. <sighs> Whatever, dude. Whatever. Peace. God bless. Hey, Hansel. I'm real sorry you didn't get Mugatu's dirty campaign. Maybe next time. What's that? Mugatu's Derelief campaign. Sorry you didn't book it. Oh, yeah? I've never even heard of it. Me and my friends have been too busy bathing off the southern coast of St. Bart's with spider monkeys for the past two weeks. Tripping on acid changed our whole perspective on So I guess, uh, I guess you can dare lick my Capitan. I can derelict my own b****s, thank you very much. You think you're too cool for school. But I got a newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. You aren't. George Clinton died on this day, still dead. He's not dead, is he? The fuck it out, What? Oh, what? I don't know, we gotta dump that? <laughs> Uh, hello? Yeah, I'm still thinking. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still shocked. I'm thinking Parliament. The Funkadelic. The... Whoa. You're saying Funkadelic. Funkadelic. Funk That's the name of a group. <laughs> you guys don't have to flip out. God. Hey, 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 hey. Run a delay. Right. Well, right, I, I don't know why you dumped it. Funkadelic. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, hey, hey, hey. You guys are hey, go. Funkadelic. <laughs> Is that the name of a group or what? Yeah, it is. Why are they flipping out? God. <laughs> this has been the noisiest. Ridiculous. Mix and mingle we've had in a this long time. the craziest Why Today Doesn't Suck ever. <laughs> Money don't make my world go round. I'm reaching out to a higher ground. Was that a philosopher? Desiree. The singer. Money don't make my world go round. I'm reaching out to a higher ground, to a warm and peaceful place. I, 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 I can rest my weary face. Don't think Cause we're living, we're living in a crazy maze. Why do you want to work here? Shoot. This is to uh, experience it for the first time today. It's a lot of fun. Uncle Gary's coming for the first time. Oh, is he? Uncle Gary and, and Aunt so Terry. Is, so is we'll, little Madeline. She's, we'll be here. She will be at her first. Um, okay, a few lower-level tickets are available, according to Mike Turley. But what does he know? Syracuse. Stop talking in my ear. Talk on the air. Wow, it took Dan 32 minutes to melt down on Turley. Syracuse. What a meanie. 
Well, talk on the air, Charlie. Quit telling maybe me minutia I'm, in my ear. Maybe I'm, I'm just t- feeding down information. That maybe I'm I say, well, Teresa. what does Charlie know? No, it was Teresa. Who t- cares? On the TV Tim show, maybe that's how it works, or maybe on Big Dick show. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm just feeding down information that's Shut up! management. Mike, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for Dan, too. All right, I, here's why I'm mad. I want to get into some sports. Sports! Don't do it. <laughs> that guy in a little coat. That guy in a little coat. Don't. <laughs> that guy in a little coat. That guy in a little coat. Take it off. I'm serious. Richard, what's happening? The following is rated TVMALV. It contains strong language, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Viewer discretion advised. I haven't exterminated anyone today. Right about now, Sports Radio 96.7 FM, The Ticket presents the Bad Radio Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast. This week, it's the Hang Zone with Dave Raymond, Starship Troopers, and Killer Learns How to Swim. Also, hashtag he's on my note, Julie Dabbs, not Blake Jones, R.I.P. Bob, and R.I.P. Donnie Doo. And now, two guys who think the Redskins should change their name to the Rico Rough Riders, it's Jake Kemp and Dan McDowell. Shut it down! Let's go So grown, so huge, fuck out of here. I'm in control here, Bill. I don't want audio! Football, football. Isn't football great? Man, I love football so much. You want the ultimate... You gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Is this it? Is this it? Get up! No idea what to do right now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Greetings and salutations, P1s, and welcome again to another episode of the Bad Radio Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast, covering the week of July 17th. On this week's podcast, we talk Dak and Zeke. We talk about the new Redskins scandal that has nothing to do with the name. We have the Tyler Sagan Show. We have the Hang Zone with Dave Raymond. We have a little Dan's World talking about lawn care fails. We have a Jake's World talking about lame but satisfying tasks. We have a movie review of Starship Troopers and Killer Learns How to Swim. We start things off with Dak and Zeke. I said I'd start with Zeke as we're going to do football until 1.15 when Adam Carolla will be on the show. Maybe this all stemmed from... Something that I want you to explain to me. Why did this happen? Okay. I don't know if you saw Zeke on Twitter. All of a sudden this morning, um, the first thing he tweeted this morning is, there are a lot of great backs in this league, but I don't understand why the media has to talk down on my game just to uplift other backs. We all are talented football players and can ball. Next tweet, check the stats. Since I entered the league, I have dominated year in, year out. Put some all caps respect on my name. Mm. Next tweet, women lie, men lie. The stats don't. 
Go do your homework. Next tweet, almost 1,800 scrimmage yards and 14 touchdowns with no training camp, and now I'm not the same back. Next tweet, I do appreciate the standard you guys hold me to, though, LOL, but I promise you no one holds me to a higher standard than myself. And uh, he retweeted his mom's quote tweet uh, of one of his tweets. Uh, His mom, his real mom, uh, quote tweeted that they're low-key faded. (laughs) It's been a big week for uh, Cowboy family members. Who else? Uh, Dak's brother. What was he up to? Uh, I think like moments after the deadline passed, he said something to the effect of, this is why I was not a Cowboy fan my whole life until they signed, until they drafted Dak, and probably won't be one for very much longer, or maybe I won't be one for very much longer. Because they're only giving him $31 million this year? Right. They don't want him long term. More on that <laughs> later, but so. What's Zeke fired up about, and who, yeah. who cares if, why, so, why do these people do this? Well, like, yes, if you search, if we put a picture of Jake and a dog on the Internet, many people are going to point at the boil on Jake's knee. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about my... Okay, and then you can cry and... Ref- but just, there's always somebody going to say something. Who cares if you ha- if you are Zeke? I don't understand why these guys who make millions, who got paid, who, you know... Why would they even look or respond or care at all about what just some other guy has to say? Who cares? You're winning, dude. You're and it's winning. funny. They they all try to say that they don't pay attention to it. They all pay attention to it. Yeah. Some just Why? do. Some just do better at not responding to it. It's just because no one has ever criticized them their whole life, and now they become a pro, and they're now subject to that. Because up through college, I'm sure nobody had ever said anything bad about Zeke. Uh, I mean, just all his people surrounding him, and now that the people surrounding him are on Twitter, now people have muscles to say something bad about him. But who? Why would he even care about that? He's winning because he's a human. He's got millions in the bank. You're a little unique in that you can maybe be a little bit more. I don't know. You're not totally impervious to it, but a little less concerned with other people's opinion and criticism of you personally and professionally than others, if you were to do the Carlton Maxwell sports psychologist, you'd say that they're human. And negative feedback is over-accentuated as opposed to positive or dollars. And they're athletes, so their whole thing is built on, this is this is all about someone thinks I can't do it. And the only way that I'm getting up and Just going to motivate yourself in different ways. Yeah, trying to bust my ass for, you know, when I want to throw up and I don't want to work out again and I don't want to eat this. Your thought is just to continue to just tell yourself uh, no one believes in me. And as best I can tell. It's, it's Kevin Durant saying nobody believed in me because he was drafted number two overall. Right. As best I can tell, in the case of Zeke, uh, a week ago, ESPN put out. Uh, one of these executive surveys. I love these. They're very cool. The NBA does the GM survey every year. And that's what's funny about how, that's what's funny about Zeke saying the media, the media, well, all the media did in this case 
was talk to, as they said, more than 50 league executives, coaches, scouts, and players to help us stack the top 10 players at 11 different positions. And in the case of Zeke, on average, he was rated the third best running back in the league behind Christian McCaffrey at two and Saquon at one. But included in the profile, it says Ezekiel Elliott, number three. Highest ranking, number one. Lowest ranking, 11. Which generated some tweets and some posts and some articles about one anonymous NFL executive believes Ezekiel Elliott to be only the 11th best running back in the NFL. And that is what Zeke took and ran with. Mm. He did not mention the uh, three overall average rating or the one highest rating uh, ranking. He mentioned the one 11 ranking. And ran with that. And yes, round and round we go. Okay. It's, I thought it might have something to do with Derrick Henry, but it doesn't. No, that's the funny thing about Zeke is a lot of times you see these guys talking like this, like Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, um, Jadavion Clowney. You see a lot of these guys talking like this when they're being somewhat disrespected by their team and not being signed. Zeke got signed way before he had to be yeah. and got a top-of-the-market That's what deal. I'm saying. He won. <laughs> he already, yeah. It's, the disrespect thing is it, the, the account is empty. Now, Derrick Henry did end up signing, and we thought the other day, or, you know, all reports were that he was not going to sign a long-term deal, that he was going to have to play under uh, the franchise tag, which would have been like $10 million, I think, 10-point-something for running backs. And it's important to note, that they had the Titans had already given a pretty huge deal to Ryan Tannehill after one year of production with ninety one million dollars guaranteed. So that right. was kind of their deal is that those guys both came up at the same time as opposed to what happened with the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh and Derrick Henry has pretty much been balling out for a few years. It's not like uh who was the Cowboys one year wonder? Um not McFadden. Why does the name escape me? Talking about DeMarco? Yeah, DeMarco Murray, certainly he was pretty much a one-year wonder, if you want to say, dominating the NFL. Right. You know, it was, was pretty good, but it all clicked that one year, and the Cowboys walked away. And we thought, boy, the Cowboys do things different now. <laughs> well, the Titans ended up signing Derrick Henry, but I wanted to get this piece of audio out there only because uh, it was pointed out to me later, but Bob called in the other day. And Killer pulled a panic move and uh, just popped him on the air right away and uh, did not really listen to the show. But upon listening back to this, Jake was in the middle of a point and about to give, like, his punchline. Mm -hmm. And then Killer panicked and and jumped on the air and just interrupted him and, and threw Bob in our face, which was fine. It was fine radio. But I believe Jake had a point to make. So let me uh, replay from just a couple of days ago the conversation we were having. It was right after we were talking about Derrick Henry and uh, Ryan Tannehill and how Henry, uh, Tannehill got the big deal. Uh, Henry did not. And here we pick it up. I, I think I've even, I don't know if they were Titans players, but I think I've seen other NFL players being critical of the way the Titans hand, handled this. So how does that work in the room? I mean, at least in the Cowboys situation. The racial thing? No, I'm more meant just like the idea of NFL players to me, and this is dicey, but I think a lot of them still, they're not coaches necessarily, 
And, well, I'll just flat out say it. Say again? Bob has jumped on to talk to you about this. <laughs> okay. Joining us now, the Sturminator. Hey, boys. The worst hey, possible time. So you had a big thing. NFL players, to me, well, I'm not going to say, you know what? Here, like you were hedging, all right, I'm going to say it. Okay. And then Killer comes barging through like the Kool-Aid man and uh, was not listening at all to the show and just said, Bob's on the phone. I'm afraid of Bob. I better put him on the air right away. Uh, now. Killer. Would you like to respond, Killer? Is there anybody on the phone? There's nobody on the phone. You're clear to go. Is there anything go. I need to be worried about here? Nope. You're good. It sounds condescending when you're saying this if you work outside the NFL. You, hey, nerd, why don't you go play? NFL players also still overrate the run. We know that some coaches have you know, moved towards the direction of throwing on first down more and the game is moving. All players or running backs? Not all, but I think in the room in general – Everyone besides wide receivers, <laughs> offensive linemen, I still think overrate the run. And they over, they overvalue the importance of it because it's what a lot of them were raised on. Now that's changing, but the you know, there's a macho element to just pounding the S out of somebody on the ground, even if it's inefficient. And I think if a, a team sees, well, this guy's had over 1,000 yards and a dozen touchdowns each of the last two seasons, and he obliterates people, that's what our team is based on. How dare you pay him over this one-year wonder quarterback? I think players in general, if you're talking about what works in the room, especially if the guy only did it for one year as opposed to Dak who did it for four, I think players still think incorrectly about the efficiency of running against passing. And it, I know that it sounds you sound like a jerk if you're saying that outside of the NFL. Nobody wants to be told – I know more than you or whatever. I'm not saying I could play anywhere near these guys or even coach, but we've seen it. The league is moving one direction for a reason, and it's because it's getting more efficient, and we haven't reached the point yet where passing has what's the like the equilibrium point where, oh, let's cut that back a little bit. I feel like not even close to it yet, but players still think, hey, he's a badass. He runs people over, hand him the rock. Well, The reason the Titans were good last year was because Tannehill went berserk. Right. And you find out if you fall behind in a game, so overrating the run, is not that's not going to help you a lot. And that's why we kept predicting that for the Titans throughout the playoffs last year until it finally happened. Right? You might even say that when you get up uh, maybe three touchdowns on the eventual Super Bowl champions that your commitment to running, it doesn't even work there because they're going to keep throwing. And then they're going to be up on you in the blink of an eye, just like the Chiefs which, were. Which happened, yeah. Right. So when you talk about the locker room and what, in what ways did different players perceive different signings, out here, I think a lot of us say, man, I don't know if you should be given $12.5 million a year and 25 to, in the case of Zeke, $50 million guaranteed to a running back. But I don't think it plays that way in NFL locker rooms. Dude, Bob has jumped on to talk to you about this. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. All right. All right. Tigers one under already after three holes. <whistles> what's that? What's that? Like, put project that out over the whole tournament. Why don't you do that real quick? Do some little cross table. Three to... holes. That's six under per round, right? Yeah. Then what, what would it be for the whole tournament? 24 under for the tournament? Would Un that unreal. set records? 
That might be a record. Am I losing you to golf on a Thursday in the noon hour? You're the one who told me Tiger was on. You want to turn it on? I told you to record it so that we possibly have sound later. And now you're over here. Dude, Tiger's crushing the... it. All right. Up next, uh, Redskins and Dak. Before we get to the Redskins, just to sort of for now close the book on the Dak deal, and we had some roundtables yesterday afternoon. <clears throat> so just about everything that could be said was likely said then. And I believe David Moore put this forth first. Uh, Barring him winning an MVP or the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl or making a Super like getting to the Super Bowl, something that would cause the team to immediately want to sign him to a long-term deal the day they can. Which one? When is that? Like March? Something like that. We're just gonna do this again in 364 days. We're going to do all this again, the whole thing. Run it back. Wouldn't the day they can be when the season ends? Is that it? I thought you had to wait a little bit, but maybe I'm wrong. I think January you can start. Okay, so they'll start. Maybe they'll get it done right away whenever everybody's down from their hangover. But otherwise, it's just going to happen again. And it's maddening. Yeah, I wonder. And I have tired head. And Maybe it won't. Maybe they're learning from this? Because it's definitely Jerry? a mistake. It's It's certainly a mistake. Nobody thinks this is a great idea. I believe I believe it's Dak is more well thought of across the league than Kirk Cousins was when he first got franchised. He's got to be because Kirk Cousins was putting up numbers but all the all be it for a losing team and you just had to wonder about that. Dak's been leading a winning team he's shown great leadership skills he's and then he had a great year last year like the time to have done this is before last year for sure and well let's just do that again let's add cd lamb let's get a offensive system in here that you believe is a little bit better and see where those numbers go i mean the chalk is he has his he has an even better year and hopefully their defense continues to possibly not be bottom 10 and they can win more than eight games. But Boy, it's tough for him to have a better year, right? His numbers were outstanding last year. Well, they're continuing <laughs> to get away from the run. They added another receiver. Um, I don't know that they're losing a ton. Yeah, their replacing- mista- the mistake was ba- was giving in to Zeke and not paying Dak. But you did that last year. So why not make it right this year rather than continuing to sort of say, well, maybe he won't put up great numbers as we continue to put more offensive talent and better offensive coaching around him. And Is the criticism only leveled at the Cowboys? Can any be leveled at Dak? Uh, it would be fair, but I don't agree with any of it. I don't agree with it. If he wants to hit the market again in four years based on being offered kind of the same money they offered him last year, and almost the same thing that Goff and Wentz got, except now we're a year plus ahead. The market has risen. So if the market has risen and he were equal to those guys, he deserves a better deal. If the market has risen and he's better than those guys, well, then he damn sure deserves a better deal. Like, why are we, why is everybody so upset about Dak? They're more upset, I think, that the Cowboys have put themselves in a difficult financial position to build a good team around Dak or to keep a good team around Dak 
for the coming years, right? But the NFLPA has negotiated a thing where they have this franchise tag, and it's pretty good for quarterbacks. It ain't bad at all. He's going to get $31 million this year, and then possibly 37 next year, is it? 38 Yeah. If, if indeed they franchised him again, and then if he hit free agency, it might not be his first choice. He might like to be a cowboy for life, but if he has to go somewhere else to sign a $250 million deal or whatever that open market would, would bring him in a couple of years, like, we shouldn't feel so so bad like Dak's getting screwed. No. Like, I don't, I don't think his uh, brother should be tweeting that he's not going to be a Cowboy <laughs> fan anymore. No, I don't think he's getting screwed. I'm more on the side of what's best for the team that I still pull for, for now. Um, and this is not. And this is not. And it's going to be a headache, and we're going to have to talk about it incessantly. And to boil it down to the simplest terms, based on next year's cap, the amount of money that he's going to be making this year, it's like maybe 15% of their cap. I think that's right. Uh, 14 or 15%. And some people still think that's that $31.4 million franchise tag is too much for him. Well, even next year, if it goes up to the 38.4 and the cap goes up about like you would think it would, 200 to 210, it would be about 17% of the cap. Now, there is a small chance that the NFL sees a one-year dip in its salary cap because of COVID. But I think the better chance is they smooth the whole thing out over 10 years, and you never really see a huge dip or any dip. You just see smaller increases. So is that doable if your quarterback makes 15% of your cap? It's so doable that it's, it's frustrating to me because I think it boils down to one question. Do you think that having a good to great quarterback is worth more or less than 15% of your team's success? It's way more. So even paying him 32 or $35 million, you're, in my opinion, actually still getting surplus value on the market because the market still hasn't caught up to the fact that you do not have a chance in hell if you don't have competent to way above competent quarterback play. So, and that's why, like, the Titans were enticed to lock up Tannehill. After one year. Yeah. Because you know you just don't have a chance going back out into the journeyman or developmental market. So to get into this measuring match over a few million dollars a year or, a, you know, it just it doesn't sit well with me at all. And, no, I don't feel bad for the guy, but it, this has been – mishandled at every level by the Cowboys, at every level. If Dak, we've talked about this before, and maybe when Bob was on the show, if Dak wanted to garner some goodwill and even take some of the subjective so-called public pressure off of him, couldn't he have stepped forward and said, all right, let's just – Let's do it for $33 million a year. Let's just get this done. I just want to be done, and I want to move forward. Remember all those years that Dirk was lauded as a, a, a saint because he took less money? Could have got more? He still made $21 million a year. He's like the second highest paid player in the league. He could have made $23 million a year, but he never had an agent, right? And Cuban was like, what if you took a little less? And he's like, yeah, I'll take a little less, and... 
took a little less, and but it was still like a ton. But we always would point to him like a Tim Duncan, like, oh, look how he stayed here and he took less. He wasn't in it for the last bottom dollar. Couldn't Dak have bought himself a lot of goodwill by saying, yeah, I like having a good team around me? You know what? $32 million. Be- Because, and I'm I'm not saying he should have, but had he done that, would that have been a great PR move for him? Just in the way Pat Mahomes. I don't think anyone, uh, Bob was critical, and that's what got us uh, the, the segment uh the other day with with Killer throwing Bob on the air, but Bob was only critical in that Pat Mahomes could have changed the game, you know, for quarterbacks moving forward. Otherwise, I think Pat Mahomes is being thought of as, wow, look, he didn't, he wasn't greedy. He's got like a $400 million deal, and somehow there's the thought that he wasn't greedy. Like, Dak could have still, you know, set up his grandchildren for life and all that, and had us thinking that he wasn't greedy. But right now, it feels like criticism is leveling at all the sides that didn't get this done. Criticism at the Cowboys, rightly so, for not just getting it done. But then maybe even criticism at Dak in that he's holding out for, you know, they're demanding top, top dollar. Can we go back to... Zeke Elliott and just I don't you know at the time fans were frustrated that he kind of jumped in line last year to get his but man that is so genius by him and his representation because if he was having to deal with this right now or think if it was Dak and Zeke right now well they saw and Zeke wasn't up this year in theory it should have been next year would be Zeke's holdout time. yeah yeah, but he saw it. Option. Yes, his people saw that tie two years ahead of time and said, "Boy, I'm, I'm looking at Dak coming up. I'm looking at Amari. I'm looking at the way the NFL is these days. I'm looking at this new running back they just drafted, who might fit the way the NFL is moving these days model a little bit better. And I'm seeing my guy being left out. And they said, "Let's get ahead. Let's get ahead of this and get you your money now." And I'm still saying that the Cowboys should have buckled down and said, no, we're not doing that. We don't do contracts two years out. But I truly believe Jerry feels that he's at nearing the end of his life. He said as much. (laughs) And that this team is kind of, you know, air quotes stacked right now. And this is a great chance. So let's not screw this up. And in paying Dak the salary cat or the uh, the franchise tag, they're not screwing it up. Right. They still have Dak. They're not starting over. And they could still have Dak next year. Uh, so in in their minds, they might be still like going for it now. Ty's right that while it irks me, it is genius what Zeke and his people did. But I I have this disconnect of so the quarterback, it's all on him if the team not all on him, but you know. By far and away the most important player in sports. You have no chance without him. Mm-hmm. So that guy already has to be the guy who has all the pressure on him. But he's going to be blamed for wins and losses no matter what he makes. But he's the one, not Amari, not Zeke, not Demarcus Lawrence, not Lyle Collins, not Jalen Smith, not Zach Martin. He's the one who's supposed to look at his peers and say, 
I'll take less. You know what? I, I, I'm by far the most important person here. I'll be paid fewer than guys that are less than guys that I'm as good as relative to the market because all of my buddies here decided that they wanted to be among the highest paid players at their position. And it's I'm, not fair. It's it's not fair. It's not fair. The quarterback gets all the pressure either way, and then on top of that, you're supposed to say, well, why don't you take a little less because Zeke held out three years into a five-year deal and uh, wanted to become you know, the highest-paid running back in the league. And Well, Amari, you want Amari, right? So He's in third place, Gene. So what has happened here is uh, Dan ending Sorry, a just... segment with a fart has been replaced with Dan ending a segment by pointing at the golf leaderboard. <laughs> Bad Radio talks about the new Redskins scandal that has nothing to do with the team's name. Want to tell us about the Redskins story? Because it actually happened. The little rumors and all that, you heard stuff all throughout the week, and it seemed really weird to have actual news people reporting on just what seemed to be this wild rumor. Okay, let's start there because I think that's before we get to the actual contents of the Washington Post or WAPO mm. report. Um, this whole thing to me has been eye-opening and just what a disaster are the way we consume media, the way that it all works these days, in quotes. Because what you initially saw were things on NFL and on the Washington Reddit, and they were crazy, crazy types of stories that, um, not that what's listed in this story that we'll get to is not crazy and disturbing and depressing, but it was things that involved people that you'd heard of and things that, that sort of affected football, like, uh, former head coach Jay Gruden is having drug fueled sex parties with, uh, with some versions of it said women, some said cheerleader and Dan Snyder, the owner will join in. Um, Jay Gruden was sleeping with one woman and then another player on the team, a running back also slept with her. So they benched that running back and put in a backup and that backup missed the block when Alex Smith broke his leg that required, you know, a t- tons of surgery and tons of time out or, uh, bribing referees, things that are honestly more palatable and kind of fun to talk about. Because they're not really real-world problems. I mean, Alex Smith's leg is a real-world problem, but bribing referees and it being the Redskins who have one of the worst winning percentages since Dan Snyder's ownership, that's funny. It's probably criminal, but it's also not a real-world problem. And neither is, if it's consenting, a head coach having these crazy sex parties. And right. even, if, even if there was a power imbalance... Or the pimping out of the... Cheerleaders, right? Yeah, that was. You didn't really say that, right? Exactly. I mean, that's that's. But that was part of the the crazy stories that we were heard are rumors, like not just the they want to be present for topless shoots. Yeah, just they, yeah. You want to get face. We heard with something them. a few years ago, and even said, "Wow, you would think since that story came out a few years ago, they might have dove deeper and found more with that pimping the cheerleader story." But how did they not? And it turns out they did not. Right. So you saying all this stuff, I think that's why in my head, when the news did come out, I was like, oh, that's not that big. Yeah, and that's an unfortunate but common and understandable reaction, and here's why I think that's the case. Because 
once all these rumors get out there and they're getting picking up tons of steam and there are things like what I just laid out that involve uh, the coach. Dan uh, Snyder the, will have to sell. Right, and, uh, and things that re- related to football and not workplace harassment, uh, you know, not allegations, but cases. What happened then was, with no clarity provided at all, several credible, quote-unquote, reporters, whether it's Jason LaConfora from CBS Sports or any number of people from radio, TV, and p- the paper in D.C., started saying things like, whew, something's coming out and you're not going to believe it. Can't tell you, but just know that it's bad. Or they tweet the little or post a little eyeball emoji like, ooh, you're not, not going to believe this when you see it. See, to me, when you know that what is out there are all these rumors, and then you start saying things like, you're not going to believe what you're going to find out about the Redskins tomorrow, then you're part of the problem because you're making people think that the rumors that they're seeing out there are what you're talking about whenever you say you're not going to believe what's coming. And then when what does come is something that doesn't involve the coach, it doesn't involve Dan Snyder past the point of probably knowing what was going on, but it's not football bribes, it's not benching players, it's not making guys play when they're hurt. I think that actually does a disservice to what this story is actually about because if you didn't know that whole lead-up ahead of time, Substantiated you would feel like the story is bigger? Way bigger. Well, think about it this way. Let's go back to the Mavericks story. Just fill in the names. Let's say that before the Mavericks, uh, Tredema Usri, and some people knew his name, but you had to be a pretty hardcore Mavs person to know that name, or Pants DJ. If in the days leading up to that, the rumors were, oh, boy, Rick Carlisle actually benched Monte Ellis because they were having an affair with the same team employee, and... Uh, Mark Cuban is showing up, you know, and then this Mavs story came out. The, the condom fell out of Mark Cuban's exactly. pants in front of. Uh... Or, uh, hey, actually, when Dirk got hurt, that was because he had to play because Rick was mad because he knew about some sexual relate. When the Mavs story came out, you would have been wildly underwhelmed. Right. It was viewed as a bombshell. And I think this would have been. But, and it still kind of is, but it's. But when you I say your you're, not, you're not going to believe. And maybe you could detail what's in the Washington Post story because it is behind a paywall. I feel like what I've kind of heard, I do believe. And it's not good. It doesn't mean it should happen. And these things should be exposed. But sexual harassment in the workplace, I definitely believe that goes on. Sure. And the more male-dominated your workplace is, it's probably going to go on more because... So any sports... Yeah, for right? sure. And Sports, athletic departments, and colleges, although they may be a bit more woke. I know we don't want to use that word. Well, I think they have but... a few more institutional safeguards, right, where you can go to people outside of the program and tell them, hey, you can go to somebody in, I don't know what the department would be, but it's not the HR yeah, for gonna... the team. Yeah, who are you going to go to with the Redskins? Right, they had one HR person. Or even the Mavs, when that kind of broke, the they went to HR, but it was kind of Right, dealt with, but not dealt with enough. Right, so it certainly happens in just about every workplace, and then the further you get into a workplace that is predominantly male, and certainly in this, you know, teed-up workplace like a football team, it's going to happen more. And so the allegations do actually infect, uh, infect, uh, impact, and affect uh, some football ops people 
Alex Santos, who was the club's director of pro personnel, uh, he was fired last week. Richard Mann II, the assistant director of pro personnel, um, he, I believe, quit. Uh, the voice of the team, uh, what's his name? Larry Michael. Larry Michael, uh, senior vice president of content, voice of the Redskins, hung him up the day before this uh, report came out and just kind of gave a, it's time for me to move on to greener pastures. It's just, it's finally here. I've, I've called Is his my... na- He's prominent in this report? Oh, yeah. All three of those guys I just named. And it's the the whole litany of, of – uh, allegations and offenses you could guess. It's unwanted comments. It's uh, unwanted text messages. It's, um, you know, being told that you need to dress a little more scantily clad whenever you're around our big money sweet clients uh, at games. It's unwanted touching. It's, um, you know, even things down to, like, the, 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 the sheer architecture of the building as a common theme in this story and many stories like this is the older female employees that work there will tell the newer ones, hey, don't talk to that guy. Don't talk to that guy and don't go to that part of the building. And in this case, it was because there was a staircase near the entrance to team headquarters that was lined with trans- uh, transparent plexiglass. And the way that the stairs went down to the lobby, to the locker room, and then the training area Someone standing at the bottom can see straight up a skirt uh, to the top. And one of the, the women that they uh, interviewed for this story, and there are 15 women interviewed for this story, but only one of them gives their name because she has no interest in working in football or sports at all anymore, and she hasn't signed an NDA, which apparently several of these women have. Uh, the Post asked the team to let them out, to let them talk to the Washington Post, which is hilarious because it's like the NDA only exists so they won't talk to the Washington Post. But, yeah, even the architecture that she said she would look down and see a guy just standing there, like even leaning to get a better angle to catch himself an upskirt shot right out in the open because he knew no one can do anything to me about this. No one cares. And That's a bad shot to look at, if you want my opinion. <laughs> That's your take. <laughs> I just feel like there's a lot of – what are you going to see from 50 feet away that a barely a glimpse up the skirt, but I suppose – you, you, were, know, you were never a uh, everybody's got their own bit. A mirror on the foot guy. Well, I'm not going to say I wouldn't do that. This is a little closer, even though it's the same shot. Yeah. Um, and Objects so, in mirror seem larger than they appear. It's it's things or like wait, being pressured to uh, at training camp or at the combine. Hey, to pressure to make sure you come out to the bar that all the team execs and coaches are going to, which would routinely turn into them getting sloshed and hitting on these women who a lot of times are married and sending them text messages with their room number and pressure to, to, to go on dates. It actually includes substantiated allegations from both the reporter from The Ringer and The Athletic. And both The Ringer and The Athletic in this story said, yeah, they told us about that at the time and we contacted the team, uh, female reporters who covered the Redskins. So, you know, Re- they- Reporters would get this too. Yes, uh, I believe the reporter See, from The Athletic was told she has an ass like a wagon, which I haven't heard that, and I think seeming that's a 30-year-ago uh, phrase. Is that a positive? I think it means large, which I suppose it means... Uh, I guess to each his own. Then. Yeah, sure. What we said when the Mavs thing came out is, man, this is the first of an avalanche. This is gonna You're going to hear this all around sports. 
So my surprise is more that we haven't had this come out about the Cowboys and the Browns and whoever, you know, right. the, I don't mean to target the Cowboys, but I think this is what I think life is like all across Major League Sports. You know, like you said, it's that stop looking for the wasp. Well, he's not where he was. It's a it's a dirt dauber. Not a don't don't define him as a wasp. Don't label everything. You just called him a wasp. It's true. Your influence is is bad on me. But the point I was trying to make is that I'm almost surprised it hasn't come out more. I'm not surprised that this is still going on in this day and age, especially with the the sports franchise, because I think they're a little bit behind the times. I would be quite surprised if you said this was going on in our office or in other business offices because they're getting things right. But, you know, it's it's a long a long road, I guess. You can't you, you aren't solving everything and things like this is what solves it. And I suppose things like the Mavs coming out or if this story comes out hopefully would cause other organizations to uh, take a real close look at themselves and try to weed out anything that they've been turning a blind eye to. So that's good. That's the positive of the press, right? Right. The, the positives of uh, showing footage of war to realize that the, this stuff is pretty bad. Yeah. And we shouldn't do this. The and, light to the darkness. And I'm so I, I don't want to act like it's not a big deal, but you're right. When you started this whole conversation with, with the crazy allegations that were coming out, and with a lot of other reporters saying, hmm, yeah, there's something here, I was thinking it was going to be way more egregious than uh, a bunch of sexual harassment. And that's unfortunate not, because... It doesn't mean that a bunch of sexual harassment's no big deal, but compared to an episode of Playmakers, it is. Well, even if it's not necessarily as much of a big deal, I would say what it is is just a lot more... You may just slump your shoulders and say, unfortunately, yeah, I just kind of know that that happens. And that's what sucks about it. And, you know, there's things in here about the the voice of the Redskins, Larry Michael, He, they have several incidents uh, where he's caught on hot mics talking about, you know, interns and their sex lives. And Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that, Let's that, get that audio. Uh, the tape has been deleted at least the one mentioned specifically here, that they said somebody from the staff gave it to uh, uh, somebody above them to run it up to HR, gave the hard drive back to him, and the video was gone. There's stuff in here mm. about Dan Snyder being, you know, tyrannical, which you would probably expect, uh, that he just... They described it as a, uh, like, mood-based work culture. That Have we all worked dictated. somewhere like that? It's the worst. And it's not good. No. And we should... If this helps weed that kind of stuff out, but it, you know, it, it's still going to still exist tomorrow. Yeah, and I don't know if it's partially, uh, I, I don't want to say generational, but I think it's probably more common if you're, I'm 34, about to be 35. If you're in the, let's say, 25 to 40 range, I think it's pretty common for you to have, as a male, your wife working, like a lot, like still, probably. And if you scale up, that probably becomes a little bit less so. And if you get scale up further, it was like never so, like that they never worked. And personally, and I've talked to you about this before, um, you do, if your wife works, 
you're going to hear stories about them being put in uncomfortable situations, being felt like they're pressured to go out in social events that they don't want to go to because they know people are going to be too drunk or just too free and easy in a, you know, even though it's a work colleague or what, you know, whether it's people staring at you, which I understand is human nature, but comments, uh, people taking liberties with things, jokes they can make in front of you. And if you've sat there and watched somebody, you know, as is mentioned in this story several times, cry after work, it's not being dramatic. Like, it's a real thing that probably is way worse in in sports teams, and I do agree with you, is getting better. But this is something that you and I just have no – we have no way to identify with that, right? Like oh, it, how it, women would feel? It, oh, in yeah. In the workplace of feeling like, oh, I, maybe I have to be a little extra nice and answer these text messages because they have a lot of text messages in this story where the woman is not entirely rebuffing the dude's advance. You know, she's kind of like, LOL, okay, ha Right, well, she's trying to she keep her job. She doesn't want to be a, quote, bitch. Yeah, and make waves. Right. And this guy is somebody in power. Yeah. And, yeah, but you've even done that. You know, we can relate perhaps. We can't relate to it of how a female feels. You know, so, but we can relate to it in certain ways of if there were perhaps higher-ups making some jokes or comments you would kind of brush it off, ha-ha, boy, that'd be something I might complain about if it was someone else. Right. But if 100%. it's somebody who's in, who holds a position of power, and that's – it is called the way it is, but it's also changing. I think so. I think so, and, you know, and I think articles like this. It's and, kind of like just life or the world, you know, with each generation. Sometimes it, it needs death of yeah. some people to actually change because – So last thing – since Dan Snyder's not close to death like Jerry Richardson was with the Panthers, the Redskins issued a statement basically saying uh, they pulled the, the Baylor, the Pepper Hamilton. Unacceptable, these allegations. We're going to hire independent counsel. They're going to investigate. The league has come forward and said the team is engaged in outside counsel to conduct a thorough investigation. The club has pledged it will give full cooperation to the investigator. We expect the club and all employees to do so. We will meet with those attorneys upon the conclusion of their investigation and take any actions based on the findings. What I'm saying is, if you want my prediction, Snyder's not going anywhere. Snyder's not going anywhere. No. Um, but they did, like, do the hire a female president something like the Mavs did. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Now it's the Tyler Sagan Show. He says he's going with the claps as an intro to the show. Oh, 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 oh. He's pretty good at hockey in case you didn't know. Oh, 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 oh. He's very fast. Yeah, he's very good. Sure. Let's say hello to Tyler Sagan on our Buyer's Barricade ticket hotline. Tyler, do you read me? Over. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Hey. Hey. April 16th. 
is the last time we heard that song. Wow, that's a long time. That is a long, long time. What have you been doing since then? A whole lot of nothing. What have you guys been doing? Uh, similar, talking about a lot of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Doing very little. Um, yeah, so I guess when we last talked to you, you had gone to the Bahamas but just returned. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I did. I don't even remember our last conversation, but yeah, I was out there for probably around three and a half weeks, uh, right when everything kind of started and season got put on uh, put on hold. It said in there was an article out today by Sean Shapiro, mm-hmm. who wrote that uh, you spent time at your property in the Bahamas. You own property in the Bahamas. I do. I uh, I bought a condo about a year ago on a golf course, kind of a little uh baby dream of mine i guess you could say so i'm uh i'm out there on the golf course and around the ocean so it's the the new escape place for sure now my guess is when you purchased that you were thinking at the end of a regular nhl season you would have a few months before the start of the next regular nhl season but i'm seeing now that they're projecting what like even if you guys you know we all know you're going to make a a cup run uh you'll get like what seven weeks off or something before the next season starts it's something crazy short right yeah, if that, um, you know, I don't know the dates for sh- I, I'm not, I know around what time. I mean, I think it's, you know, the Stanley Cup Finals Game 7 would be October 2nd or 4th, something like that. And then training camp with the next season starts, I think, November 17th. So oh, no. you're looking at a, a tight, you go all the way and uh, win the Cup, which is the goal right now for sure. Um, it's a pretty quick turnaround, so. Not sure Bahamas will be in play then, but I guess we'll, we'll find out. So, what would you think about if the sports calendar did shift? Because it feels like obviously we're being forced to, but we've had lots mm-hmm. of talks about that. Like if if you guys just started later and then had the uh, NHL finals all to yourself, and then you know NBA would end up you know a month later, just so every league would have yeah. their own time in the sun by themselves. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure. Um, you know, it, it uh, helps with one of my bucket list places, which is Australia. You know, I think every time I look at the weather in the summer, our time it's cold down there, so maybe that'll help out. But um, you know, I know the NHL has been looking at it for a while, as far as you know, revenue-wise. If we're the only team, but the only league playing at one time, you know, it's great for TV ratings and great for everything else. So. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I don't have that much say in, in what goes on. It's a big league, but you know, I'm all for whatever they decide. Dan referenced this uh, Sean Shapiro article, Tyler, and I found it really interesting just reading like, uh, just reading what your life is like and what your teammates' life is like for the last yeah. few months whenever you don't have team structure. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the stories about you guys, basically the guys who live here coming together and working out like kind of old school style in Jamie Benn's yard. Yeah. Uh, riding yeah. your bike over there. So for those of our listeners who haven't read it, kind of tell us what you guys have been doing for the past couple months. Yeah, we were fortunate in the way that we weren't all, you know, kind of on our own. I mean, a lot of players, you know, you had to train by yourself because um, you went home or whatnot. We all, uh, us, us group of five, decided to stay in Dallas. Um, so we had, each of us had our own workout gear, and we brought it all over to Jamie's house. Um, he's got a good setup in his backyard with a garage and uh, and good space. And then our trainer, Gels, here at the Stars, brought over more bikes and everything. So we had our own little 
kind of set up and it was uh it was awesome you know not having to be you know really by yourself doing that having other guys around you know any athlete knows there's a difference um when other people are around you have that extra you know push sometimes you know, when you're by yourself maybe you don't do that extra set who knows but we had a good setup and uh you know i really enjoyed it i enjoyed you know spending time with my teammates and you know kind of having other guys to lean on as well when it comes to you know conversations of the world and the nhl and the pa and you know, collective bargaining stuff. Um, you know, everything that was going on, it was nice to be, you know, able to walk in there at, you know, 7.30 in the morning and have a conversation for the half an hour to get caught up um, before we trained. There's some references to the uh, the Michael Jordan practice teammate yeah. trash-talking playfully here, I guess. But So I assume yeah. you did watch The Last Dance. Yeah, we all we all watched The Last Dance. Um, you know, Sunday nights too, so Monday morning, you know, you go into the gym or in the James house and, we're all young MJ mentality and, you know, pushing each other. So, like I said, it was a great setup. Um, you know, it was awesome being around at least a couple guys during, uh, you know, that crazy time, um, having guys to lean on and, and push each other. And uh, we kept saying, you know, we don't know any other guys who have setups like ours. And, you know, we felt like we were working, you know, so hard that, you know, we felt like we have the edge. So now we just got to show on the ice. How about, like, skating work? No, no, no skating work. Um, well, no advantage in that point anyways. Um, you know, our rink open when everyone else's rink's open as well. Um, but, yeah, we we got, we got to stay as a group uh, for that as well. And we've kind of had our own little off-season little team there. So uh, we were a little bummed when we got separated when training camp started. You know, some guys are in group two and some guys are in group one. But, uh, you know, we'll probably have some, you know, off-season workout uh, dinners here coming up uh, with just the five of us as well. You mentioned something about you guys get to sit and talk about, you know, the Players Association and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. That's been like a huge baseball story, but it feels yeah. like uh, you guys have kept it all quiet, so the owners and players agree on compensation moving forward and all that? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, for, for both parties, um, we got something done that we're both comfortable with. Um, you know, and with how the world is, it's hard to say that, you know, either side was really going to walk out saying you won. Um, we had to meet in the middle, you know, but for the most part, I think everyone's happy uh, and comfortable with what happened. And now it's going to be about, you know, the bubble um, in Edmonton. You know, as far as I'm understanding, it should be pretty good and secure. And, you know, I'm comfortable with it. Um, and I guess we'll have another conversation when we get down there and, uh, you know, seeing really how it is. Dan referenced, uh, by the way, this is Tyler Sagan joining us here on The Ticket. Dan referenced skating work. From the time you put skates on for the first time when you were three or four, was this the mm-hmm. longest you'd ever gone being off them? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, usually in the off season, you know, I take, I don't know, a month off, three to four weeks off um, from just on the ice. But back in Toronto, I'll, I'll get back in personally with skating, with just doing goalie schools. Um, going on the ice and just shooting, you know, not uh, crazy bag skates or, or competitive drills, just shooting and getting touches. So, you know, you can do that this year. Uh, it was a little, little bit of a later start, but definitely probably the longest I've gone without uh, being on the ice. So how about bubble talk or hub talk or whatever? Uh-huh. So I wouldn't think Edmonton has enough places to stay to put all you guys up in, in as far as the luxury you know, the nicer places that you guys are kind of used to, are you going to have to stay in some lesser places than, than usual? Um, no, I mean, when we go to Edmonton, you kind of stay in the same two hotels, so we'll be doing the same thing. 
Um, you know, there'll be six teams in each hotel uh, and no one else. Again, you know, it's all about uh, security and staying safe. So, you know, not much uh, big change when you go to Edmonton. You stay in those hotels. So it's kind of going to be the same thing as if we're on the road uh, playing the Oilers. So, um, you know, I haven't thought about that too much at all. What kind of rules, like, do they have the, you know, I, I don't know. Tell us about what you know as far as what you're allowed to do as far as mingling with other players or having people visit, things like that. Yeah, as far as I know, uh, each team at the hotel will have their own floor. Um, you're not supposed to go in each other's rooms. Um, but on that floor, we'll have our own team suite or, or room where, you know, I guess it could be a ping pong table and, you know, maybe some video games and, um, you know, the Dallas Stars, we love playing our cards. So we'll have a lot of card games for sure. Um, but, the, you know, the main only rule is don't go in each other's rooms, always being wearing masks, uh, every meeting wearing a mask. And then when you go to the rink, uh, the rink's kind of going to be the most normal part, I guess, uh, on the ice and, you know, having uh, practices and stuff, no masks for that. You know, training camp has felt pretty, uh, pretty normal thus far. Uh, as far as that, just the only odd thing is, you know, wearing a mask when we have video sessions. I don't know if you've been following on Instagram or Twitter the NBA's bubble, and particularly the Mavericks. Um, now it's early, but it looks like they're having a pretty good time so far. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you got, you know, 25, 30 of your best friends, your brothers, and you're, you're isolated with each other. I mean, maybe by, uh, you know, the second month, you could have another conversation of getting a little annoyed, but, I mean, we're going to have fun. Um, we always have fun when we're a group playing cards and, you know, sharing stories and having laughs. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. How often have you been tested? Uh, every other day. Um, for for a while now, it feels like, especially being one of the first guys into the rink. Um, you know, it's been the saliva test, and every other day you do it. And the next day, around 6 o'clock, you get an email with your results. Um, you know, so, so far, so good, at least for myself. Um, but, again, it feels... You're comfortable with it. You feel secure. You definitely look at your results to always make sure you're good. Um, but as far as away from the rink, you know, I've, I haven't done a single thing. There's been some golf rounds, but it's just been, uh, you know, gym and home for the last couple months. So you say saliva test. What does that mean? So basically you spit in this little tube um, and you, you, you fill it up to a certain line and then you shake some blue stuff in it and then you wipe it down put it in a bag and then it goes off to wherever it goes off and then you get the email of the results uh, the next day that sounds easy i've heard bad yeah, things about easy. like they're shoving a thing all the way up your brain the deep nasal yeah that's, that's yeah good. yeah i've heard bad things about that for sure but luckily or fortunately we haven't been had to do that um and then you also every time i wake up in the morning i take my temperature and then i go onto this app that we have and i register my temperature and that's usually two hours before I get to the rink. And then when you walk in the door, you're wearing a mask and you get your temperature again. And our nurse registers it. And then you go do your uh, spit saliva test. And then you go about your business of taping sticks and get treatment. And you're ready for the on-ice session. One of the things we've talked about uh, with regard to the NBA is some people have, have put forth the idea that this NBA champion will have an asterisk next to their mm-hmm. next to their their title and then i've heard other even former players say well the asterisk should actually mean that this title was harder to win than any other one before it because of the unique situation that the players are in and how irregular it is have you thought at all that. about that just like how you would feel obviously uh, yeah. happy but like you know how would it compare to other titles type of situation no i 100 percent agree with the fact that i think this will be the hardest championship to win every guy's healthy right now you know every team has 
Um, maybe had guys injured, but everyone's back. You know, the top players are feeling their best. I mean, I think this is going to be the hardest by far Stanley Cup to win. And uh, whether we win it or someone else wins it, I'm not going to personally put an asterisk on it. If there is an asterisk, like you said, I think it will be because it is the hardest one to win. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the opportunity. All right, man. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you guys play. I guess mm-hmm. it's 19 game or days until the first official game. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't counted that much. Oh, but, okay. You know, One other like thing, that. because that exhibition game is at 3 o'clock. Now, it is an exhibition game, at least central time. How much do you think yeah. some of these potentially funky start times will mess with you guys? Because even when the regular season starts, they have some games that are puck drop is like noon. Yeah, I mean, sometimes uh, it doesn't you know really mess with you, but your routine changes. Your meals change for sure. I personally always love earlier games. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of morning skate. That's just my own personal uh, feeling on my body and, and how I look at it. You know, I love waking up in the morning, you know, have my breakfast, and then I'll have an extra bowl of pasta and just go play. You know, that's always been a, a favorite of mine is those day games. And we had them a lot more when I was playing in Boston on the East than we do in Dallas. But, you know, again, the games at three, you know, it changes things up as far as when you eat, what you eat, if you have a nap. You know, if, if for me personally, if our games at three, you know, I'll probably try to go to sleep at night at like 9.30 and then not have a nap in the day. Whether it's the games at 6, you know, I'll go to bed at, you know, 11 and have a nap. So it varies guy to guy, uh, team to team, of if you have morning skates or not. But, uh, you know, it should be fun. It's going to be different. All right, man. Well, we appreciate your time. We will talk to you again soon. And uh, stay safe out there. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. There he is, Tyler Sagan. Now for the Hang Zone with Dave Raymond. Come on, baby, get up, no time to waste. Oh, get your coffee on, ticket, Dan and Jake. Time to get your ticket up, stick it in your tailpipe. Oh, babe, time for the hang, hang zone coming at you. Uh, uh, hang, hang it is time coming at you. for the hang, hang zone coming at you. It's Dan, it's Jake. And for the next hour, we are graced the presence of the Texas Rangers television play-by-play voice, the great Dave Raymond. Dave Very Raymond. nice. How's it going, Dave? Good, good. How are you guys doing? How's it been? Are you banging out an email? No, I would never. <laughs> never. We're just hanging, kidding. right? It's all okay. good. Let's make it sure. <laughs> So what is this? Uh, well, let's do this first because the last time we had yeah. you on, I don't think any sort of uh, uh, actual wager or payoff was was placed here. But Dan was decidedly in the "we will have no baseball camp," and Dave Raymond was on the other side of that, and uh, I was kind of right there in the middle. Dave won, Dan zero. Well, we don't have yeah. baseball yet. Ten Ooh. days, bud. Nine days. Nine you know what, days. though. You- you can tune in tonight through your, I don't know, rangers.com website, maybe through the MLB app, as we will be broadcasting live from the ballpark batting practice slash intra squad slash the hang zone. It'll be a hang zone of sorts. A baseball hang zone. See, that's kind of what's great yeah. that you know that we could maybe do that. <laughs> You're not real. <laughs> Real sure on how to promote it. 
<laughs> no, we're doing something tonight, uh, and I'm recruited to do it, and so I'll be there to do that, and and that's the thing that we'll do. And so you can <laughs> something. That. So that is that is one thing I was going to ask you. Just like we asked Followell a couple weeks ago, is just you know if you guys were doing like fake games at all, or if there's anything that's been done to practice that hasn't been broadcast, just getting a feel of no fans and maybe even the new park. Like, What's the, the production side of this, the planning, been like in the lead-up to the return? Well, from, from our side, there hasn't been a whole lot of uh, planning. Um, you know, I know the guys at Fox are scrambling, and they're working on things all the time. We communicate a lot about certain um, content, uh, things that we're putting together for the season, but – um, in terms of the, you know, the game presentation, you know, all I know is that, that Chuck Morgan is working on some sort of crowd noise, uh, scenario and they'll pump that in, you know, you got the, the cardboard fans in the outfield. And to, to my knowledge, that's largely the extent of what we have planned to, to augment the broadcast. Other than that, you know, our going to be to try to convey the you know whatever the the information and the action and the context and so um no there hasn't been any practice now we have on our side you know separate of follow well it was like we've got a new ballpark and so on top of just the the, the general differences this year we have what's the vantage point going to be like how will that affect our reactions to the action and then um you know, logistically, internally there, all the, you know, the cabling and, and whatever, you know, all the stuff that I've never had to worry about and don't have to worry about. But the technical side of it, I know they've been working overtime on that for, for the longest time now, just to make sure that it's all going to be bug free. And so I think that tonight, tomorrow and Thursday, a lot of what we're going to be doing, while there isn't really a, a, a terribly fascinating competitive event to, to convey, is we'll, you know, we'll at least do something and it'll give people an idea of, you know, from a technical standpoint, how, you know, how close are we? What do they need to work on? Um, from my standpoint, I'm excited to see it, to see what it looks like from um, from the new press box, to see what the ballpark feels like with action down on the field, whatever level of action it is. Um, so I'm just kind of excited to go back in and at least feel close to a return to normal uh, but i think they're just still it'll mostly be about probably debugging the you know the whole situation roof open i highly doubt that oh really <laughs> i, I thought doubt that. oh i thought that was mandated what are you talking about i guess with people in there and coronavirus and all that but i suppose fans won't be in there so no yeah there'll be no fans so no no no, because obviously, you know, you have other indoor facilities around Major League Baseball where there will yeah. not be fans and they can't open the roof. So, no, we'll, we'll be roof closed for sure. Can you do fireworks inside? Like if there's a home run hit, will there be fireworks? Is that a dumb question? I don't think it's a dumb question at all. No, I don't I think that's a dumb it. question. No, I, I I would think that you would be able to do it. Maybe on a really small level. That's a great. Dan, hold on. i got to make record of this. That is a really good question. Production notes. Yeah. What is the new Damn. stadium like? Good question. One. Uh, it's, what is it like? 
Yeah, is it just awesome to be in it? It is. Um, it's really cool. Uh, it, you know, we don't, I, mean, I don't know how much time we have to really go through all of it, but I've toured every inch of it. Um, and from what the players are afforded in there, uh, you know, they've got a, a, a laboratory. They've got a huge room, like a, a, you know, science lab for all their throwing, hitting, mechanics, whatever, uh, full of technology and uh, information and brilliant people. And then you, on the training and, and health side of it, they've got a all the cutting edge things that you can imagine. Um, it, just their living space down there is, is ridiculous. But from the fans' perspective, I will tell you, um, there are so many added elements now, whether that be things to distract you, speakeasies, bars, um, uh, beer gardens, those types of things, all over the place. The way it's laid out is just brilliant in that wherever there's concessions like on the two levels, uh, they're all to the outside of that walk-around circle, if you will, so that you're never blocked by a building or a, a popcorn cart or anything like that. It, that's all pressed to the outside. Um, all 360 degrees connect top and bottom, so you don't, if you're stuck on top and you wanted to, uh, you know, just go down right below you. You don't have to walk all the way around to the other side to go down the escalator and then walk back. I mean, you can get up and down from anywhere in there. Um, and then there are just a lot of in the uh, various suites and seating areas, a lot of, I guess, finishing touches that are a little higher level than you're used to at a ballpark. So it's just it just seems more... I don't know, finished, comfortable, elegant at times. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. You know, part of it was that you, you feel like, well, if you've got the roof closed, you're not exposed at all times to the outdoor elements. You might be able to add some things that otherwise you wouldn't. And, and they've done a good job of taking, taking advantage of that. And then artistically or aesthetically, they've done a lot of things with murals, timelines, um, uh, you know, memorabilia and, and it just, it's just really cool. Everywhere you go, there's something new to explore and to look at. And, uh, and then the proximity to the action is, and, and you hear this from time to time about any sort of arena that is, you know, it's great, boy, you're really close or whatever. You will not believe this. It's, it feels quite honestly, a little unusual and it'll probably make people a little uncomfortable at first, you are so stinking close in some areas. Um, to give an example, right behind home plate, uh, fans right behind home plate are literally closer to the, the catcher and the umpire and by a pretty significant margin than the pitcher. Um, you're right on top of things. And it's going to have a really cool feel when fans do get in there. And granted, that may be a couple of months, maybe a year, but um, – when they do, that place is going to be rocking. It's going to be really fun. And then I will check on the fireworks thing. It's Dave Raymond joining us here on the ticket. I have one more question about the broadcast uh, because we just haven't – we have nothing to compare this to yet. It's the first team sport really starting back. You guys have a pretty fun broadcast, and you're, you know, up for bits. But how much do you mention why things are the way they are? 
Like that why guys are sitting so far apart from each other and how or does it just after a couple of weeks we just call the game like it's a regular game? You know what I mean? Like how much do you mention, well, we're uh we're we're in a, a weird spot here or do you just kind of leave it alone? Yeah. No, I I I think it's you know, I think it's relevant and I think it would be impossible really to cover the games without at least some acknowledgement of why the games are as different as they're going to be too, right? I mean, there are rule changes on the field that are going to be unusual. Guys, pitchers will no longer be able to go to their mouth. Um, you know, they've got a wet rag if they want to use that. Or, you know, the oddity of extra innings and the runner placed at second to start the extra inning. Um, th- there are going to be a lot of things that will require us to revisit why we are where we are. And there's no doubt the lack of fans and just a different feel will be too present not to acknowledge. So I think, you know, you're not going to dwell on it every day and you don't, you know, you don't want to beat people over the head with it. But at the same time, it's, it's just going to come up naturally. I'm sure I'm thinking about foul balls, right. And, and just shots of the crowd where we normally get to have a little fun with somebody or, or, or an event and like, that's not going to be there. And so, so, it's going to be obvious that that's missing. And so I, I think if, I think it'll inevitably come up, but I'll tell you uh, just this last week, they asked me to, to write um, like an open tease or whatever for the broadcast on opening day. And they wanted me to include the protests and, and the, the racial unrest. And they wanted me to include the coronavirus story. And, you know, and yet it's this, baseball is back thing. I was like, wow, this is complicated for 45 seconds. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a lot to cover here. Um, and it took me a long time and, and I wrote it probably about two and a half minutes and we've tried to edit it down, but it's, it's difficult. And at times I wondered like, well, do we, do we want to really address this or do we just want this? This is just baseball. People just want to have baseball, but it's a, it, it is sort of important and it is very relevant to what we're doing and to why we're doing it's opening day. In July, like how the hell do you explain that? Unless you explain it, so you know you kind of have to. I think you kind of have to acknowledge those things. Who will lead? What will the number be that leads the major leagues in home runs? Oh boy, let's see. It, uh, probably, I, I think it's going to be a really down year offensively in general. I think it's going to be very difficult for hitters. So um, I, I would think if you. If you hit twenty, you, you've you've probably lapped people. Um, you know, double digits is going to be pretty pretty awesome. So, I th- I think I'll go with twenty, but but it's going to be it's going to be a challenge. And again, we're assuming that we're playing all sixty. Yeah. Um, but I would say if you hit twenty home runs this year, you've probably achieved something pretty significant. All right, we'll have more with Dave Raymond next. We'll uh, find out how he feels about showering with his dog on the ticket. Dave Raymond is in the hang zone with us, which means he's on for an hour, whether he likes it or not. He is at his house, 
We are high above my garage. Where's your home base? What city do you live in? I live in Flower Mound. Okay. So another the ranger, others, the North North Lake. Another ranger broadcaster has uh, texted me. Little name drop in there, Uh-oh. kind of. Mm-hmm. And said they are having fireworks, red, white, and blue fireworks. Inside runs. for home runs, yeah. Okay. At the stadium, the new mall, uh, the new ballpark, Globe Life Field, not Globe Life Park. Mm-hmm. That's way different. Any chance we could get you to call it the Gilf? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, you know, hey, spitballing here. <laughs> you have to. No. I mean, uh, no, definitely not. Um, was also just checking my Direct TV. Or I'll just say my TV. And tonight, so I'm like, why would they be airing the first Ranger Taste this year just on Internet, Dave? Right. Well, they are airing all-star game encores throughout the day. So right now, or they're about to start 2010 in Anaheim. At 4 o'clock, we get 1989 in Anaheim. Yeah. And then you get a the 95 Major League Baseball All-Star Game tonight when you could be airing Dave Raymond at the Rangers ballpark. Uh, Who's going to be out there with you? Tag? CJ? What's the deal? No, it'll it'll be Jared Sandler. Ooh. And, yeah. Nice. Yeah, former ticket. uh, They don't don't let Jared on TV. That's probably why they're not doing Fox Sports Southwest. Well, I'm... (laughs) They're like, we're not going to put Jared on TV. Well, I don't know that it is TV. I don't know what we're doing. I mean, I think there is a stream of some video that goes along with this. I don't know if we are to be presenting it more as radio. I don't. I I really don't know. I'll figure out when I get there. But um, we're going to be watching. Whatever. That's all that's important. Is you've got Jake and Dan really? uh, locked <laughs> into your broadcast. Tonight. Have you been given any sort of directive that you're not allowed to? to make fun of or roast any of the doppelranger cutouts like oh it was bad hair day over here for no no that hasn't come up but i that is a that is an interesting point right is and of course once once we once we abuse one doppelranger can you go back to that well over and over again we've uh we just sent in pictures today right at noon (laughs) oh did you yeah we'll be in the crowd Jake and Dan will be in the crowd wearing the same well. shirt. We we traded shirt. <laughs> Jake doesn't have a Ranger shirt. Jake's fake fan. Is it a plaid shirt? It, it's a Ranger shirt. The jersey. Oh, it's a Ranger shirt. I'm sorry. Yeah, you yeah. have. I think you have to do okay. that. I think to submit it. Oh, really? Yeah. I I don't think you can wear your Kanye 2020. <laughs> uh, oh, shirt. see. Yeah, my kids wanted to send in one for the Greendale human being. They wanted the mascot of Greendale Community College from that TV show Community. But I don't, I don't know. Are they doing gags? Will they? Would they accept gag doppel rangers? I believe the answer to that is the same <laughs> as the answer to whether you'll call it the GILF. <laughs> kind of Probably a not. a uh, a silly silly you for even answering that question. Hey, I just reread the Dave Raymond article in The Athletic last year where Levi Weaver was really uh, giving it to you hard. Looked like a real hard-hitting uh, investigative piece on Dave Raymond. Uh, but 
I do love your story, and I guess I didn't realize it said in there you were on Letterman. Yeah. How are you on David Letterman? So I'm um, in New York. It's the my I want to say this is 2006, and um, my first year with the Astros, and we're in New York playing the Mets. I'm with my my older brother and younger brother. We're we're walking around the city doing whatever we're doing. And we go into uh, Grand Central, and we're looking around, and like a couple of huckleberries, you know, mouth the gate, just kind of standing in the middle, <laughs> watching the people walk by and in awe of the, the size of this thing. And we see this commotion, and it's the kind of like uh, man-on-the-street dude who's going around, and he's interviewing people, I guess, in the uh, in, in Grand Central. And so... I think it was my younger brother who went up to him and was like, hey, you know, he told him, he's like, hey, my, my brother over here, he, he's the announcer for the uh, for the Astros. So the guy came over and interviewed me. And, you know, he was he's very funny. He was very dry and, 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 and everything. And so and he was like, well, can you do some play-by? If you're the play-by-play guy, you're so good at play-by-play. You know, can you do play-by-play of somebody walking by here doing something here at Grand Central? I was like, well, you know, I guess. Um and so I pointed out like a family, uh, you know, there's a, there's a goofy looking family or something to do them. <laughs> so, uh, I did a little play by play. This guy, it's, it was awesome. Cause the guys, the, the dad stopped and he's wearing these terrible sandals and, you know, short and sock combo, like the whole thing, right. He was a mess, had the fanny pack going and, uh, and he stopped the kids and everything and he set them up to take a picture. And so he took a picture of the family and I had some, you know, smart ass line about whatever the picture, the outfit, I can't remember what it was. Um, and turn it in like as a swing and a miss kind of thing. And, uh, and that was it. You know, the guy left, whatever. And I never heard from him again or anybody again. And I just figured out that, you know, probably sitting on the editing floor somewhere. And then one day in the middle of a long extra innings game against the Cubs, my phone starts blowing up. And it's all these other announcers in the National League. And they're like, dude, you're on Letterman right now. And that was it. And I, so eventually I had them send me a tape. I saw the tape. And then I gave it to like our radio producer. And I never saw it again. Oh, no. Yeah. It was my tape of the Dead Gum show. And Your it's only gone. Copy? Yeah. Radio so producers. I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. So, so I I got to you know I'm sure it still exists, um, at, either at CBS or Worldwide Pants or wherever. I remember when the guy sent it to me, he told me uh, he was very adamant about it. He was like, you know, this should appear nowhere publicly, right? Like it just this can't be on the scoreboard. Nothing, right? I was like, I don't. I'm good. I just want to see it, and. um I did once, <laughs> and then never again. Damn. <laughs> and I, I used to bother him all the time, too. I'm like, dude, can I have the tape back? Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Never got it back. Because I was going to ask you if that's digitized, so that's sad that it's not. And then in, also in Levi's uh, athletic article, it just refers to you doing play-by-play like into a tape recorder sitting in the stands, and that's how you ended up getting your first job, using that. Mm-hmm. 
Do you have any digitized copies of like your resume, your original resume tape, or things like that? Or what's the oldest play-by-play I can get of Dave Raymond? Well, I think I don't know if it was linked in that story or if it was a podcast that came out at the same time, but I did find a tape from that game uh, sitting up in the stands, and I digitized some of it for for Levi. And we listened to it together in the podcast, and okay. it's just so horrible and um, emasculating and whatnot. It's just it's what just do I have to do to get a this. copy? It's it's somewhere on that podcast. No, no, no. I don't want to listen to that podcast. I want an original copy. What do you think I am? <laughs> well, let's hear just a little bit of it. Even though it's Levi, oh, you have some. Even though it's Levi and Emily talking oh. over, uh, talking over the play-by-play. I think the end of it is kind of interesting. I think you have a bad mic in this uh, in this audio. Oh, I got a lot of bad stuff going on. Yeah, so let's just like let's just check in a tad bit so here. Did you ever send it out? Not this. No. I sent a piece of this broadcast. Yeah. I would. I would stop it here, but I want to get to the end because yeah, that is my favorite part. We got. That was just, coming. Yeah. Because I'm. I'm hanging in. Yeah. Trying. Fighting through. Yeah. There's, it's admirable. There's a part of me that probably... Just wanted to give isn't, up? Isn't real sure if there's much fight left. <laughs> what are we in, the seventh? A lot of wind here today. A lot of wind. That's what you're hearing. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of sucks, too. <laughs> Matter of fact, this whole wedding sucks. That's when. That's what you're hearing, which sucks. In fact, this whole inning sucks. This mic sucks. I need that for a wide lid and suck open. <laughs> yeah, I need that clean. Uh, okay. I'll see what I can do for you. Okay, that means he's not going to give it to me. Yeah, that was what is, that's, <laughs> very dismissive. That's uh, very upsetting that I thought we were kind of friends. Oh, All right, Dave. Know. So you're hanging with us for an hour. We're going to do the 130 yeah. news next, and uh, this is Jake teasing me. <laughs> Schools. It's the big topic. This is a public service announcement from The Ticket. When you're out in public, please wear your mask. We need all the P1s we can get, including you and those you happen to run into going into work, to the store, heading out on errands, whatever. Keep everyone safe and do your part by being a good, strong P1 and mask up. All right, I'm done flossing the top. <clears throat> Very exciting day as Dave Raymond is in the hang zone. You can tune in tonight. He says, maybe rangers.com and nope. see them Texas do some Rangers. stuff. Com. TexasRangers.com and see yeah. them do Six some o'clock. stuff. Uh, Six o'clock, batting practice, inter squad scrimmage. Yep. Stuff. Things. Yep, yep. Live stream video feed. With you and Jared Sandler. What's the, yeah. as far as this whole season goes, is it going to be a mix of you and Tag and CJ? and Or do we know that? Yes. Yet? Yeah, Tag Tag's doing about uh, a dozen or so. And CJ's doing 45, I think, something like that, 46. But we have Dave a couple Raymond, of national games. Dave Raymond gets all 60, right? Oh, you know it. <laughs> he demands that. You know it. All right, let us now do the 130 News with Jake. Thank you, Dan. Hey, Mino. Thank you, Jake. Here's Jake. Mino, I miss you. Before we get to the schools, I'll pay off at least one tease here. This is sort of our our series of where do you stand. Dave, do you have a dog? Hmm. I do. 
What yep. size of a dog is this? A beagle, so, you know, medium size. Okay. In the event that that dog needs to be cleaned, bathed, and it mm-hmm. is between the times in which you might take it to a professional groomer, let's say it gets into some mud or it's digging around the flower bed, something of that nature, and it needs to be bathed, let's perhaps even say this is during a not hot part of the year where you don't want to bathe it outside. Will you bathe that dog in your shower or in a bathtub in your home? We have never taken our dog to a groomer. Okay. We always wash our dog in the tub. Okay. So, and you're welcome to come on over and help anytime. <laughs> so I think the, the way I do this is I bathe the dog and I put on – I would go to the shower. We don't have a bathtub. And I put on uh, a bathing suit and then I hmm. bathe the dog. Dan simply brings his dog into the shower when it's time for him to shower, and they shower together, which sure. I find pretty odd, but he thinks I'm a weirdo. What, do you think I'm having sex with the dog? No, I think I don't want the incident to occur where in any way my front parts rub up against the dog. I think that's something you're you weird. Should... Well, let's throw it to Dave. <laughs> I, I think so, you know, we... Again, we're always washing Gabby in the tub, and so we're normal. If you people brought her in the shower, the what would you do? Yeah, I, I think I prop. I think I would be uh, uh, inclined to wear a suit as well. Oh, come <laughs> I on! Yeah, I, and I and I'm not. Listen, I I don't want to. I don't want to judge Dan, but um, I think I would just simply be more comfortable uh, with a. I, I don't want. I guess I just don't want. Gabby looking at me that way. <laughs> yeah, and see, that's the thing. Every time I bring this up, Dave, I'm he, sure your he dog is. Oh, what do you have? Sex with a dog? But I'm sure your dog. It's not like you can't kick your dog out of the bedroom if. No, yeah, you can. You should. So the well, dog's never in the bedroom. No, the dog does not belong in my bedroom. Dogs you're just saying in general. Out in the living room. You you yeah. you don't let your dog like your dog doesn't sleep with you guys. No, no. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now we have I got a, a, I got a hard enough time sleeping. I don't need any. Okay, my dog, dog is. My dogs would die if they weren't in the bed with us. In the bed, yeah. not just in the bedroom. In the bed. Oh, yeah, oh of yeah. course. Well, they're small. Yeah. Still, man. I, listen, I've always kind of envied that. I, I thought that that would be kind of a fun little life to, to lead the, the dog in the bed thing, but um, it's too much. It's too much. I can't. I struggle sometimes sleeping. I can't imagine the dog helping that. Yeah, I uh, we will let the dog sleep in the dog bed in the bedroom, but on that off chance that things do get cooking a little bit, the dog knows somehow that it's time for her to leave. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's a it leaves the room a pheromones thing in the air or something, but yeah, she she exits and says, "I don't want to be in here for any part of this." Huh? No one, no one wants to be in there for any part of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No and, uh, last one before the news, Dave. Do you back in park? No, I I am not a fan of the back in park. Thank I mean, you. well, you're over two today, dude, or two and zero. Oh. It's it's happened that I backed into a spot for you know a, a reason, but like it's it was fairly unusual, and it did. I feel like the back in parker. Really thinks highly of himself. Yes, oh, thank you. That is God. yes. He's making take. all of my points for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and they always have Dan, the, the ridiculous neck crane where they're kind of and they're doing the big 
one hand on the wheel deal. Like, yeah, we get it. Like, get on with it. It's just a parking <laughs> spot. Put the car in it and let's go. I don't need the yes. nonsense. This is working very well for me. All right, we got to let you go. <laughs> no, I've got for... an hour and I've Uh-oh. got 12 more minutes. All right. So, uh, kids, Dave, you have kids. Yeah. What are their ages? Three. Yeah. High school, junior high, three kids. Okay. So, this has got, this has no. to have been a very. Is this the news yet? Harrowing time. Yes, oh, okay. because I feel like every single news story you see now, especially here in North Texas, is, is some sort of debate, whether it's with the governor or the county, over how are we going to restart school. Um, and there's funding at play. If the kids aren't going back, there's a lot there's of passing the buck. A lot of a uh, buck passing, indeed. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm just very fortunate to be in the spot where our kid is. Now it would be better if she were going to daycare and interacting with other kids, and it would help her language and the like. But I don't see how people who have junior high and high school age kids are getting by right now. If you have to work, I suppose. <laughs> if you if both parents especially have to work. Yeah. So well. Yeah. <laughs> North Texas educators have uh, written a, let- a letter to Governor Greg Abbott asking for school to restart on time, but for the first six to nine weeks of the, sc- of the semester to be remote learning. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I know we got some email that was asking us to email the governor and your representatives, like to tell them what you want. It was, it was weird. I don't know. And isn't that a potentially weird thing for the kid where you're looked at as one of the kids who didn't come back to school? You know what I, I mean? That just, yeah. There's going to be a little bit of judgment yeah, there from other kids. Yeah, it's giving you one, the, one option, the other, right? Right. It's giving you the option. Yeah. You could bail out if you want. Yeah, I just... Yeah, both, I just, both, yeah, both ways. I, be I mean, it'll, it'll, do, there'll really. be judgment both ways. Yeah. So what, what's your what's the plan in the Raymond household? Does your, they're not uh, going back. No? No, they're not going back. Um, not, not yet. Right. And I have a number of reasons why, but I think, I think sometimes what we oftentimes eludes us in these situations is that it seems right now, like it's everything and it's forever. And it's just, and my old son is a senior, right? I mean, it's just not a real great time for it, but it's Going not a great time a for it if you're a junior or sophomore or any, yeah, yeah. Okay. So no one wants to be in this spot, and I get that. We, you want, none of us want to be in the spots we're in right now. But it is the situation we're in, and it is temporary, or at least can be temporary. And sometimes these things feel like it's my whole world. Like if you're a senior in high school, it's like my whole world. Well, kind of. It's your whole world right now. But three years from now, it'll be a blip on the radar. Just deal with it. And... And it's just, it's just, that's it. It's just the reality of the situation is it makes much more sense to be at home. And could you fall behind? Possibly. Could you miss out on something? Of course. But you know what? You'll figure out a way to navigate around whatever you lost or missed. And, and life will be whatever it will be from there. And just, just deal with it. These are inconveniences. They're moments in time. But sometimes you just deal with it and get it behind you. And that's where I am with it. Are your kids recruited athletes like you were? My oldest son is a, a baseball player. Yeah, he's 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 got a lot of he's got a lot to figure out on on that end. But you know, what do you again? It just you'll 
figure it out on the other end of it, I guess. If something, if this, if this screws things up, it screws things up. I mean, it just, everybody's in a compromised position here. But safety should be the first concern. We still really don't understand a whole lot about this virus. We, we know more than we did four months ago. But four months ago, if you said, if you looked at New York and said, like, should those people send their kids to school? You would say, like, that's not even a question. No, you can't send them to school. That look what's going on in that city. Well, that's where we are now. So why in the world would I sit here and look at this situation? And say, well, of course, I got to go back to school. That just doesn't. It, it feels different today than it did four months ago, but it's still not right. How does that me. message of perspective go over with your about to be senior in high school son? Is he, he kind of <laughs> says, Dad, you're very wise, and I'll take this all to heart and internalize it? <laughs> uh, let me know. Uh, he TikToked me something, but I couldn't open it up. Oh, and, uh... wow. <laughs> no, you know what? They're they're pretty good about it. My kids are pretty good about it. So um, they understand. They don't love it, right? But they're not. My job is not to have them love every decision I make. <laughs> that is that has never been my goal as their dad. My goal has been to put them in a good position to you know, be better tomorrow. And I think part of so. it is that it would just be so tough for kids to be distanced at all uh, at school. Will there be any sort of broadcast social distancing with Dave Raymond and Tag or CJ? Yes, there will be. <laughs> there will be. It's a huge booth for us, which is good, and we'll be at far ends of it. And I think they're putting even a plexiglass, something or other, between us, which is probably, you know more than is necessary but uh whatever it looks so good. <laughs> yeah it'll look great it'll you know sneeze guard between cj and me that'll be <laughs> um yeah i you know i think that they're i will say this man they are taking every precaution and they've been vigilant about it down there with the media with the team with everybody and um you know i, I guess what's what's the real cost of that at the end of the day it's it's probably nominal and so just go ahead and and just charge the Arlington tax, taxpayer it'll be fine oh boy Dan why do you why do you have to be like that well you're so <laughs> sore with this parking business we're having fun yeah yeah the dog bathing <laughs> and the parking thing you might have lost him there boy, this is uh one only it. slightly covid related story but this week <clears throat> the grocery store chain Kroger has stopped giving coin change to customers. Now, this is, I guess, partially COVID-related because in June, the Federal Reserve said that there was actually a significant disruption in the supply chain of coins. Customers not going to stores. As a result, the flow of coins kind of stopped. Weird. Now, what are they going to do? Uh, I believe you will get a... Uh, a you know your like your rewards program type thing. If you scan the deal or put your phone number in, it will keep a uh, an account there for you for like a, they'll round up the next time you get eighty five cents off or whatever. Yes, and or I uh, think you can donate to a food bank or something. Oh yeah, that's where they certainly get you with the the guilt trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to feed the hungry children, huh? Ah, I guess I'll just All pack right, up this. We'll no bottle of wine this ice cream and these pita <laughs> chips and <laughs> you can skate on out of here dan and i we should have been keeping a list but it's the 
yes, we know COVID is really bad, but... And it's our list of things that might actually be better afterward. That we don't get change? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's a big been fan of... trying to kill of... the penny for years. Say that again? Well, the penny... They've, they've been trying to kill the penny for, like, decades. This it's is not cost-effective. It it's not cost-effective. It costs almost twice as much to produce and put out in rotation a penny than it's actually worth. So, like, just dump it. You know what we forget, Dan, is Dave Raymond is kind of a money guy. Yeah, that's that's what people say. <laughs> <laughs> because that money guy bathing his dog in his bathing suit again. <laughs> parking the right way. <laughs> At least but no, you've written enough. you've written articles and, and been published in writing about the economy, correct? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ergo. Yeah. You're kind of a money guy. Money kind guy. of a money guy. In this room. Dave Ramsey Raymond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it depends what room you're in. You know, when I go to my mom's house, I'm like an Apple Store employee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The genius bar right there. When I walk into the, right, when I walk into the Apple Store, I'm the dumbest person there. And now here, you, you have walked in to where you find yourself as a financial expert in the room with Dan and mm-hmm. Jake. One thing that might change, though, for the negative for Dave is I would have to imagine that the endless amounts of free food presented (laughs) game day, team plane, hotel, just out in the open, that's got to be drying up a little bit. You you must be crushed. Well, let's just say that it's been a subject of conversation around my house today (laughs) because the question I have is, will it be free meal today before this little uh, make-believe game I'm doing, or do I need to pack a lunch? I'm thinking I got to pack a lunch. You get the, the per diem on the road done. trip, right? You get that envelope. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's huge. That's it's one of nice. my favorite things in the world. Yeah. Man, that's sweet. Got your hotel key right there on the table whenever you walk in. The per yeah, diem. Yeah. You just got done eating three meals on a four-hour flight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know it. Probably so stuff I... an extra candy bar in the bag. Yep. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been on many stars road trips, and we will wait at the bus, and the players wait too, and have to go find their luggage, and then they bring it up to their room. I recently read the NBA players have they have it delivered to their room, mm-hmm. so that's it, their luggage is sitting there waiting for them when they get to their room. How is it for you guys? It actually kind of depends on where where you are. Certain cities and hotels are. A little more aggressive about that than others anymore you have to um call down what our, our team actually they asked us to stop loitering to get our bags and they're like you know, call and have the bags brought up um so that's kind of the protocol now the very first road trip i ever took in the major leagues i sat in my hotel for about two or three hours it got to be damn near one o'clock in the morning and i was Call the other rookie announcer, and I'm like, "Did you get your bag yet?" No, I don't got mine either. I thought they deliver. I thought they come to the room. I thought it would be here. No, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't want to be a rube and call the front desk, but you know, eventually you do. You call them, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll bring them right up." But I, I, I kind of there was a mythology about the bags, the flights, the foods, all these different things. You're like, you know, I don't know. My bags would just magically appear in my room before I even get there. It doesn't work that way. So you got to call. <laughs> Look and, at this and, guy. Have somebody bring them up. 
This guy, he has to be convinced to do a bit for Letterman, and he just thinks that his bags magically get delivered to his room because he's in the big Well, I'm a money now. guy. <laughs> he's the money he guy. He's a money guy. <laughs> All right, Dave. Well, we appreciate your time today. We will check you out yeah. tonight at 6 on the At Bat, at, at Bat app and on uh, yeah. TexasRangers.com, and we are in no way going to be rolling on that just to see if there's any audio we can uh, pull and, and play for you there. <laughs> Well, that's comforting to know. Call it the GILF. (laughs) I will not. (laughs) I will not. All right. Thanks, Dave. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Exiting Hang Zone. Now for a little bit of Dan's World. Three, four. What's going on in Dan's World? What's going on in Dan's World? What's going on inside of Dan's World? Going through a personal hell They need to have some drinks with the girls from sales Cause they might be the ones who understand What's going on in Dan's world Thanks for your courage, Dan Alright One thing is I got some new masks in the mail And from what I understand, these are better Yeah, those are the big mama bears so this is KN95, which is not N95. I've heard the N95s are the ones to get. That, I don't know the difference. So I have the blue ones. That's the reg, the just regular disposable masks. I had got like a hundred of those from a P1. Uh, bought them, of course, which I am willing to do. And supposedly those are really good for. Not transmitting it, but not as good. Like if someone else is in the store not wearing a mask and they have corona, then you could still get it, right? Mm-hmm. The analogy we've used before is that, well, you, that I read on internet that if you uh, think about if you uh, go number one on someone, you go PP on someone. Uh, if you if you are both not wearing pants. Well, that other person gets wet right away. If that other person is wearing pants, but you're not, and you go number one, well, they will still get it. If you're wearing pants, and then you go number one towards him, that lessens it quite a bit. That's the analogy that's really stuck with me. I wonder why. Because it's easy to uh, follow. And, I mean, it's something you've known. It's one of the first things you learn as a kid, right? Pee-pee? <laughs> are you guys using silly terms with your daughter? Or are you a little more technical? Oh, bit of a, with, with body parts and things like that? Bit of a divide in the approach there. Is I'm, the wife a little more silly? Yeah. And you're a little more Yeah. Medical? So you got to go tee-tee-potty. Yeah. So what'd that run you? You got a 40-piece there. Oh, I don't know. It's about the same as the other. Can I have one? Yeah. Okay. And I just don't know, are you allowed to, uh, there's really no real guide online. Can you wear them again? So I wore the blue one to the gym. Is this an unboxing? Oh, I've worn one of these before. You want? Yeah, toss that over here. Does, you I want think... like a pack of 10? Sure, if you're willing to part with them. I think they have... Fil- yeah, this is a pack of 50, and they come in little... Oh, 40. Do they have little filters in them? That's the one my wife has that has a little... I don't think it has a filter, filter, but... Out. So I wore the blue one, the lighter one, to the gym, 
Uh, but then I wore this one this weekend. Went to ride the exercise bike. Gym's kind of dead, too, so it's I feel good in there. But you ha- at the Grapevine Gym, you have to wear a mask at all times, even when working out. And I noticed this one was a little heavier, but you could do it. I mean, quit being a wuss, right? Wear a mask. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'll just probably order some more of these. I think the blue ones like look better. Yeah, I like the I like the look of the blue one. I feel like but, the, feel like I'm on ER. <laughs> but these ones do uh, cover everything more. So uh, that's number one item from my weekend. Uh, the next item is I am a landscaping weekend warrior. I love landscaping. I love working on the yard. Uh, but I'm not great at it. Like, my lawn looks like crap. <laughs> I put down fertilizer, and I put down the weed and feed, and uh, I'll do all that stuff on you, but it, it just doesn't, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm bad at it. Didn't For you, years, I wanted to win. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I was just going to say, you had that dream once upon a time to win Yard of the Month, and I think we even at one point discussed possibly just giving you a, a sign. Yeah, the Lakeside Estates Yard of the Month, uh, and I lived there for like 10 years, so I had 120 opportunities, and (laughs) I don't even think I came in the top three, although I don't know how that works. It feels very political. Yeah, a little backroom dealing. I remember when my direct next-door neighbor threw it in my face one year because they planted the winter rye grass, Mm. so if if you seed your your lawn with winter rye, you're the only lawn in the neighborhood that's green. And they won yard of the month, and I was like, "That is a that's cheating." Yeah, that is. That's absolutely cheating, and and the work I'm doing here, and you need to grease a couple palms. Just wanted that sign in my yard for a month. That's it. Have you thought about sabotaging somebody else's yard? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> Come on. I've thought about all of. Who are you talking to here? <laughs> Go grab an F one fifty from Grapevine Ford, and just kind of like. Do some donuts in, in every yard in the neighborhood just to see. Spell stuff out in people's yards with fertilizer. Like, did we even have up? 120 I was gonna say, I houses mean, in the neighborhood? I, like, I never won it. I feel like most of the houses at Lakeside Estates won. I'm the cowboys of the... <laughs> I'm like one of three houses that, that has never taken home a title in 25 years. Anyway. So, where I live now, we live near... A lot of nature, like my uh, the house across the street. I love it, and I hope they never sell their acreage to a uh, developer because they have a big. Uh, she will give horse riding lessons. This lady, people should know there are a lot of horses back here near the den, a lot. Yeah, so we have a half acre, but there's a bunch of properties around us that have multiple acres. Uh, have you seen the horse on the way in mm-hmm. that Couple. will play soccer? There's like <laughs> this big giant soccer ball, and he'll just nose it and and kick it all around his yard. Kick it with his nose. I think that's still legal in soccer. It's soccer, Greg. Uh, but so across the way, it's just kind of a big field. Mm-hmm. And they have a bunch of horses. They have a donkey. Uh, and they don't really, you know, main, maintain that field. So I think wind, wind, darling, has uh, brought, like, this crabgrass seed into my yard. Sorry. And if you know anything about crabgrass, which I do now because of YouTube, 
it will take over your whole yard. It's the worst. Uh, it'll. It's just little clumps of. It's green grass, so it's green. It looks like grass, but it'll grow bigger, and then it'll drop seeds, and then that'll grow, and it'll just take over. So that's my backyard is in the process. If it's probably year five or so of every year, it gets a little worse and worse, and so through YouTube and uh, you know the research I've done on YouTube. Um, I've decided to tackle this issue myself. I've tried hiring the outside lawn services, and, and nothing has really worked well. So I, I went to YouTube and watched a video and was informed of how to do this. And he's like, you know, if you, want to, uh, if you want your lawn to look like a pro, you have to use the stuff the pros use. You can't go to the big box store. You have to order this. And I think it's called Tenacity, but I'm not sure. But it's a little tiny bottle that costs $50. But... If you use, you know, you only use like an ounce of it per two gallons of water. Oh, okay. So it, it lasts you quite a bit. Uh, but I had to get a, I bought a professional sprayer. I bought this thing. Then there's another thing that you put in with the tenacity, which, which is only, it's a chemical which helps it stick to the grass. And then this particular person was like, I like to use a, uh, a blue dye, and then it lets you know where you've sprayed in the grass, because if you double spray, it kills the grass, too. Interesting. You only need a single, small mist. So I said, oh, okay, that's a good idea. So he had, had it set up on a tiny little piece of cardboard. I got a bigger piece of cardboard because I like to be more cautious. That's why I have the better mask to uh, bring it all back around. So immediately, I'm uh, measuring it out, watching the YouTube video. My daughter was, I had the rubber gloves on because you didn't want to get the chemicals on. So she's manning the computer. We're out on the deck uh, yesterday. And uh, she's pausing it when I pause it at the one ounce of tenacity. Okay, start it again. And now when we get the dye and whatever. She roast you at all? Uh, Probably. So uh, when I got to a certain point, though, of course, I spilled the dye outside of the uh the big cardboard box I had onto the deck, which is very porous, and now I have like a few blue bricks on our, uh, you know, thousand deck. Three of them are blue. Now you need a power washer. Now I might need a power washer, but I don't even know if that'll do it. I think it just like sucked it in. So anyway, so now I go outside, and it's a million degrees, literally yesterday. It was definitely triple digits. And... Uh, I I thought I'd start by the fence, and you see our fence out there. So I go along the fence, and I'm just uh, on my way, and I'm thinking, look at me. And you know I've had problems in the past being yard guy. If you remember the time I rented a chainsaw to uh, knock down some of our wood, we had a tree cut down, and then I was going to cut it in perfect for the uh, fireplace. I rented a chainsaw. And the uh, mishap I had there was when I put gasoline in where the oil goes. Okay, Mom. So uh, that Jeez. that ended my. Uh, that's back that's when enough. I was I was wearing the Keens. Yeah. With the chainsaw, and I was told that that was pretty dangerous for you know. Well, whatever. So I'm I'm happily going along about three fourths of the way uh, next to the fence line. I'm thinking, boy, this is a. Because the fence, uh, you know, the field is across the street, so a lot of the crabgrass is right there at the fence. And I kind of look back. Do you see the fence there? Do you yes. see? Yes. 
What do you note as the color of that fence? Oh, okay. I don't have the greatest view of it, but it appears white. So it's a white fence. Yeah. Picket fence, I guess. Not picket, but it's, you very, know. Very pleasant. Horizontal li- uh, lines. Kind of a stable type vibe. Well, then I look back to the uh, 100 feet or so that I had already walked, and what I had done basically was paint the bottom thing of the fence blue. Oh. With the blue dye so that I could. Now I knew where I was. <laughs> you knew you had done that part. Well, it's like 1 o'clock or so. So it's the heart of the heat of the day. But I thought I could just walk back and forth along the backyard. This will take me 15 minutes. Well, now I'm like, damn. This is definitely going to be bad for my relationship. It's bad enough, the blue dye I now have on the deck for when she has the ladies over for drinking. Uh, now I'm, I've just ruined this fence pretty much. So I went and got a paper towel, and I was trying to wipe it off, and that was taking forever. Then I got a paper towel that wet, wet in water, and I, well, then I went and got a bucket of water and a sponge, and this took me over an hour to go uh, down the length of the fence, then back and do it again, and then I had to go on the other side of the fence because it had seeped over, and then back and again, and it's still not perfect, but uh, now I'm totally, you know, just sunburned and, and just feeling terrible because I'm all old and I'm out there and it's now 180 degrees and and you had to spend most of the time simply cleaning up something you screwed up totally screwed <laughs> I didn't a- even need the blue dye who cares right yeah, you're not going to forget where you were right I'm just walking back and <laughs> forth in a line right and the dye was kind of light anyway even in the grass so once I did start doing the grass I couldn't really see it in the grass but I could see it on the fence because it made the fence blue. The deck. So the uh, update will come in, in a week. Like, did this even work? Because according to uh, my YouTube research, it's going to take a week for the browning to even begin, and then it will turn white, and then eventually uh, the rest of your grass will just overgrow that part, and then it will look like a great lawn. And uh, hopefully the Lawn of the Month uh, Club... Uh, you know, those people that dole out that award for our neighborhood will be watching. And uh, that's my goal. Well, I just want to highlight. Maybe by August 2020, we've got the yard of the month. I also want to highlight, and you guys can weigh in back there and tell me what you think. The only reason he did this segment was to appeal to the yard of the month people. Yes. This, this, is, all the this money. is nothing but a political I've done these segments before, and it's clearly it's a political game. It's, yeah, but sometimes, you know, people run for president after they've lost, and they keep running. That's clear what's happening times. here. Yeah. Well. Is there any worse feeling than spending a lot of time just kind of getting back to zero? That's what I did. <laughs> That's I did. Thing. It happens to me all the time. And, all the and time. I had, I had, I was in a lab mixing these chemicals so perfectly, you know, two yeah, gallons, of one ounce of this, two ounces of this, and and then <coughs> I didn't even need it in the la- in the in the end, right? I didn't really even need the blue dye. <laughs> what a mess! Now for a little bit of Jake's world. It's not Kempspin. So rude. I yes, it's better than vanilla ice. I really enjoyed Limp Biscuit for maybe a year. Don't you love Passion Pit? Can we play a Passion Pit? I don't know why that one always stuck with you. I, I enjoy them, but it's not like I'm touring. It sounds the, really gay. Not like I'm touring the nation, following them around. Do you ever know anybody who did that? 
I think Corby did it with somebody. Maybe the debt. Uh, widespread, right? Yeah. Like he actually went city to city for a summer. Which seems insane. It does seem insane. It seemed impossible. I was supposed to be in Wisconsin this weekend. Alpine Valley. Is that Jake's world? Is that no, but I was thinking about it all weekend, though. Damn. Today was the day that I would have gotten to see Rage Against the Machine play outside. Just think how great, how different your life would be, how great it would be. I might not have come back. But what I did do this weekend, in addition to further confirming that they're hiding the Velveeta at every grocery store, I posted a picture of that the other day. My wife found it back by the break room. <laughs> like, literally as out of the way as they could possibly do it. But... We've talked before, like when we had Junior Miller on, about um, an extension of his squared away list. Uh, a good shave, teeth cleaning, mowing and edging the lawn. Those are some of the Junior Miller squared aways. I have Sunday squared away. Ideally, I like to go into every week with all the laundry washed, put up, folded, out of sight. Usually... Dishes are a big part of this, too. I failed on that one last night. It'll be the first thing I I do when I get home tonight. But I like all the laundry done. I like all the dishes done. Um, Usually, food purchased for the week. Like, I want to clear as many obstacles by 10 p.m. on Sunday night so that we're just running and gunning when it's showtime on Monday. I like to get all... I prep uh, my lunches and and breakfasts for the week. Sheets. Sunday's a day for washing the sheets. Do you... Wash your sheets every week? I do, but we have two two sets. Thank you to Brooke Linden. We'd already purchased one and then, you Because I feel like we do it about every month. Is that That's gross? That's disgusting. Yeah, you're basically just sleeping in dead skin. Like, and I feel like I wash my towel, my shower towel about every week. Is also that, pretty gross. Okay? I'll use it a few showers, especially if it's a Brooke Linden towel. What about you guys back there? How often do you wash your sheets? A month is about as long as I'll go, but yeah. never never less than two weeks. I'd say on average about two weeks. Don't you feel gross at the end of a month? Yeah, I say never less than it two do, weeks. I don't feel gross, but the at new sheet feel it oh. feels so amazing. Oh, dude, that's what Sunday nights feel like. How about this? Because I had this thought yesterday because I did all the yard work stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, was done at 4 or 5 o'clock. Then I showered and everything. Usually I shower. I'm a night shower guy and i put on my evening clothes which is just sweatpants and a you know t-shirt or something i call those comfies yeah whatever house clothes sleeping clothes if i wore clothes when sleeping gross um which is i have 20 white t-shirts all i i wear a white t-shirt and my sweat shorts well anyway but i showered today or yesterday was like at five and i would usually change into my night clothes around eight or nine now you're in a dead zone. Well, so now I'm taking off my shirt, and I'm like, should I just hang this up? I haven't done anything. I've only, you know, eaten and watched some TV in this shirt. And I decided to hang up the shirt for a rewear. But also, the underwear were only on for uh, two and a half hours. But I threw the underwear in the yeah. hamper. I think that that plays. So even if you wear the underwear for 12 minutes, yeah. it, you throw anything it in the hamper. Is around your balls. They but it was totally to clean. I had just gotten out of the, the shower. It doesn't matter. That's never totally clean. What if you accidentally put on your underwear and like, oh, yeah, I was going to put on my sleeping shorts. I think it's like the food five second rule. Okay. I think if, if contact with your 
your scrot is made, but it's less than five seconds. Like I don't make her take a shower after she has contact with it. <laughs> so you might want to. That's like Mino changing sheets once a month, right? Yeah. Hey. Hey. So I was thinking about this this weekend. This is sort of an auxiliary squared away type thing because all the stuff that we just count, like laid out, that doesn't count. You got to do all that stuff. Taxes, that doesn't count. Everyone has to do that. But the sense of accomplishment and zen and nirvana that one feels whenever they accomplish a very, very small task, and I will present to you a couple, and I have tons of good P1 responses. I really love getting the Tupperware all matched up and exactly fitted where it goes. Now, yes, the kid's going to take it all out as part of a daily ritual now. Oh, you mean like in the cupboard? Or in, in the, the cupboard, but this goes for really any dishes. I love the feeling of having all the pots and pans or cutting boards or Tupperware. Tupperware, I think I get a, a special little uh, giggles from that because there's lids. And I like having the lids matched with it. Hey, there's a lid. We don't have anything for it. We haven't had anything for it in three weeks. Something happened to it. Throw it out. I don't yeah. want extraneous lids. We have a problem because we have a lid drawer. Ooh, ooh I'm going to get hives just thinking about that. So then it's always a big challenge to mat- find the lid that's the right size. Disgusting. We, yeah. I want no part of that. So that's one. Um, what about cleaning out your junk drawer? Doesn't that feel good? Yeah, I did Everyone that. Everyone has one. I did a lot of that On during my vacation, actually. And I cleaned up. Like, you can't even tell that this, this table over here is organized, but it is. Like, if you pull those... I have a couple little junk things, which I threw away a bunch of stuff, kept some headphone adapters, you know, threw away some old iPhone chargers, like nine years old type things. Yeah. Yeah. How about like in that junk junk drawer, is there a lot of pencils and pens? Oh, yeah. And you have to weed those down to, you know, get under 100? Yeah. And we can't just, what are these, loose batteries? No. We need right. to have all the batteries either in a bag or in a little container, and then it can go in a drawer. But loose stuff bothers me. I have, I guess, you know, like you don't just minor OCD. My my thing on that is because I do too, but my wife does not. She's happy with just throwing it all in there. I'm like, you don't just throw all your silverware in a drawer. You have a little spot for the forks and a little spot for the spoons and knives and you know, like a silverware holder thing. But she's content just to throw in no, I can't address labels with oh, pens, with oh, batteries. Stamps. With, yeah. Disgusting. Like, oh, you'll find it in there somewhere. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Uh, from A few from the P1s. This one came up a lot. Cleaning the gutters outside your house. That's a great feeling. It's a little bit more of an undertaking than I some think, of these other things I'm mentioning. But that one, that that's one like an That's a once-a-year type project thing, right? Right. Would maybe be like a power wash. Power wash is huge. That's, I mean, that's the, as close to euphoria as you're going to get when when doing work. And um, you know you're you're getting you know four hour block. I need four hours here. Yeah, this came up a lot too, and because uh, I'm currently in the process of, I took your advice and got pretty good on organizing kid photos, like right when she was born. Google Photos makes it very easy, but now I'm trying to go back and like. The thousands of photos I have pretty much from college on. 
and get those all done by wow. delete the ones I don't need. Because you know what you do now is... Yeah, but you're going to need it once you delete it. But you just plug your phone in now, or at least in years past, and dump everything on onto a hard drive. But I don't need half that stuff, so I'm meticulously it's, going through. It's tough through. to find, though, because like, I was trying to... When Killer won his race, I knew I had a fat Killer picture in my phone somewhere. So I and I I was trying to go back and find a fat killer picture to uh, to put that on Twitter to promote the winner of the fastest man at the ticket, and it's very tough to do that. You know what I would have done unless I was as organized as you. I would have gotten a current photo of Killer because every photo I take goes to uh, Google Photos now. I have it set up so I can delete them locally. Can like, you do like a face matchup thing? Oh yeah, they would have found it. Wow. It's incredible. The Google photo face recognition. But where I'm going with this is tons and tons of the responses I got to this all had to do with files. Digital files, whether it's, you know, Word documents, Excel. That is such a great feeling because I don't think anybody really ever gets where they're trying to go. Like so everyone clean up your documents yeah. file on your Mac? Yeah. And it, it again, I don't think anybody ever quite gets where they're trying to you know, achieves the hundred percent organized. How about cleaning up? But the, you got to strive for it. Just the oh, front oh, page yeah. here. Yeah, I keep that basically empty. Because you know it's full of screenshots or pictures you wanted to save at one point. Or uh, this came up a lot. Smoke detector batteries. You know what? That's there's, a good feeling. There's some kind of a thing you're supposed to do that. You know, there's all these old rules of thumb that you learn. <clears throat> I think it's like. With daylight savings time, you're supposed to go change the batteries. I thought you're supposed to do that New Year's Day. Is it, it New start, Year's Day? Yeah, you but, start the year off. Well, that's New Year's Day is a tough one because you got a thousand things you'd have to start New Year's. You're day. hungover. Yeah. Uh, but but you should have some kind of a day when you yeah. check all your smoke detector batteries. Um, but you don't. You're. Like, uh, I do it every few years. The filter in your in your AC. You know what? There's another one. I think you're. You you're have to, to do, do it every every, every month. two or three months. You're supposed to yeah. do that one, and I do. Yeah, I'd be lucky if we do it every six. And I love it. And I love the feeling of pulling the old one out and going, "Ugh, disgusting!" And then put the new one in there. Right, and then you're like, <sighs> "Yeah, <laughs> look at this clean air. So no corona in here." Um, spice cabinet slash pantry. That's a that's a huge one. Like looking up there and just being like, look at it. What's important Here's is the beans. Look at all the beans over here on one side. Do you think this is why I say you need to move every five years? Yeah. Because if you live somewhere eight years, now your pantry. The only way to get it right is to empty the whole thing out and then just put everything back in, and then you'll probably throw away half the stuff. See, I kind of try to do that without moving. I do try to every few months, and I travel pretty light. But you I don't have, to have a lot empty of empty it all out, though. I'm saying here's another Not one that comes up, up with uh, with moving. I love lifting up the mattress and vacuuming under the bed. Do you rotate your mattress? Have you heard about that? I have heard of that, and I've not done it. Like turn it over just, and yeah, rotate flip it. it. Maybe I could do that when I get home, but I've never I've never done that. But you're supposed to keep a date on that too, so you do it every. You can put it in your phone. Two months or whatever. Uh, culling the baby toys or the kid toys and just realizing, like, look, yeah, you hadn't touched this in months. Let's throw it out. Or let's put it in a box for the now next. That's dangerous. For the, eh, well, you just mean because they, like, they'll know it's gone? She's too dumb right now. Like I No, but, but then you your wife it. will. She wants to save that for a memory because she chewed on that for a week, remember? And 
A lot of this you got to do on the sly. Yeah. You got, you got the problem, too, is that if you have another kid and you bring that toy back down, will the older kid remember that toy and claim it as theirs? That's a good question. That, you might just have to burn it. I'll, I'm about to find that out. Like, see that Elmo chair back in the corner? I can't get rid of it because it's like a memory. That's a good chair. It is a good chair, but... Uh, a lot, a lot of things came up uh, from the P1 related to the refrigerator. I like to have an organized refrigerator. And I think if it were up to my wife, she would kind of just put everything in there. But I like to go through and be like, hey, this is uh, an expired condiment. Throw it out. We need all the fruit down here. We need all the vegetables down here. Have you ever seen our garage fridge? It's perfect. And I like it. And I do it. You know that's mine. Because, so here's another Our thing. regular inside fridge is hers. Haywire. Go take a look at that. There's no rhyme or reason to anything. Our garage fridge is perfect. So when you get, like, let's say it's you buy... OCD. Whether it's beer or, or cola or, or sparkling water, whatever, in cans, are you the type of person who immediately takes it out of the box? Because I am. And I line them all up. And I love to look at a lined-up fridge. We've, we've got the... When we moved, we got their fridge, so we brought ours and put it in the garage, which, as an aside, is absolutely on the list of things I thought made you rich as a kid. little garage fridge, a little, uh, little drink fridge, but I line it all up. Have you ever done this? I don't do this all the time, but I did it like last year once. Uh, color coordinate all your t-shirts that are hanging? Yes, I do that. Um, so all and I know Donovan, are there, all Donovan the... does it with his suits. I heard them talking about that the other day. But I don't hang up T-shirts. You don't, huh? I fold the T-shirt, and I hang up the Hawaiian shirt or the dress shirt. If I didn't hang up T-shirts, I'd have nothing hanging up. Well, I mean, I yeah. have some dress shirts, right. but I just never wear them, you know? So you do you, do you color, like, are you a Roy G. Biv? <laughs> like, are they color coordinated now? Like by the rainbow? Yeah. Uh, I started that way, and then I moved it to, well, let's put all the black ones in the front because I wear those all the time. You know? Yeah. See, Ross brings up something that I, I absolutely do. I have two drawers for shirts. One of them, these are a high-quality shirt here that I'll wear out. And then I have my drawer for my comfy shirts. And I like to keep those separate. Um, you have a good closet size? Yeah, but I occupy like fifteen percent of it. Mm. I I take a lot of L's around the house, Dan. There's something too Look, like all not, white, not all really white men do being the breadwinner. Um, for the fishing types, this came up a lot. The organized tackle box. Now I don't experience that, but I do know that when you see people who fish, it kind of looks like a rat's nest in there most of the time. Toolbox could probably be the same thing. Do you have a toolbox? I do. Uh, And the pinnacle of them all, absolutely. Ryan brought this one up, and I know you love this too. I love blowing out the garage. What, with the the air blower? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have an electric one? Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's plug-in, so. Oh, you plug-in? Okay, I have a battery. Yeah, no, it's not gas. It's plug-in, but that is. Recharge a battery. The absolute, oh. I use the blower every day. I want to lick the floor when I'm done with it. Well, Every bl- day, huh? Yeah, I blow off the garage, and then I blow out the uh, off the driveway usually. Because if I didn't, then there would just be stuff all over it all the time. I think what this means is we're uh, lame. Very lame. You used to get excited in your life about like trying to take some girl home or, you know, do something you know cool with your. No, I like to, I like to organize drinks and blow out the garage. 
Yeah, have kind of the peak of my weekend. I like the Diet Cokes to be stacked like this. And, and I like the, them all facing the same way, too. I don't like the waters. Like, I don't want to look in there and see the ingredient thing. I want to see the front of the drink. That's very here's, important to me. Here's what I don't understand. Who's the weirdo? Me or those who could just throw things in there and there's no rhyme or reason? Because everyone else in my family seems to think just a free-for-all is fine. How do you feel about their ability to load the dishwasher? Do you think there's a lot of rhyme I or redo reason? it. <laughs> you have to. You I have redo to do it. it. Why do I redo it? I will passive-aggressively bring up that a lot. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess it's it, never going it to change. You, nev- you still haven't learned. But stop. <laughs> I know. Eventually, you'll you'll either just you'll either get divorced or you'll just <laughs> then find you'll an just old stop. Gr- find an old girlfriend on Facebook. All right, there's Jake's world. Two thirty on the ticket. Bad Radio reviews the movie Starship Troopers. This is for you new people. I only have one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits. If you don't do your job, I'll shoot you. You get me. We get you, sir! Welcome to the Roughnecks. Ratchets Roughnecks! You've got hot sports opinions on real sports news. Plus all that implies... Every day on Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket. Tomorrow, all day, is Dak deadline day on The Ticket. The Cowboys and Dak must announce a new contract by tomorrow or the quarterback plays under the franchise tag. All The Ticket shows will be take talking all day tomorrow about Dak, the Cowboys, and deadline day. And we're even going to mix in a Ticket Cowboys roundtable during the hard line starting at 5.15. So all The Ticket shows will be talking all day about Dak. All day is that promo. What do you think, Trey? Hey, now. That's what I was trying to Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Let's talk Starship Troopers. This one is a Jake pick for our movie of the week. The 1997 film, which was based on a Robert A. Heinlein science fiction novel i was actually told by my brother this morning that that book is still on an officer's required reading list in the marine corps really yeah i might like to read it then i like some robert a heinlein short stories i'm not sure i can't i was trying to search really quick what i like about him but i'm a science fiction guy uh, fan a little bit of a nerd in that way um and I did just find out when looking at his website or his Wikipedia page, he also invented the waterbed. That's kind of cool. There's no joke here? No. He, <laughs> I think he just he envisioned different things for the future. And uh, Nice. Cash in. One of them was the waterbed and then had a prototype made. And uh, I, I don't know what he made off of that. Anyway, by the way, there was a, a life cycle for the waterbed because I'm pretty sure that's a bad bit that nobody ever really does anymore. But... My mom had a waterbed because she liked to party. (laughs) So let's go to Starship Starship Troopers. I'd never seen it before, but I know this was, like, important to you. This is one of those uh, used to always talk about. There's, like, a wheelhouse. I'm not exactly sure of the age. Could it be 16 to 24? Yes, probably. 25, if you want to make it a clean decade. I was 27, and it was in my wheelhouse. Really? (laughs) But there's certain movies that if you saw them in that era, 
you might always rank them higher than anything else, even if something better comes out. So maybe you extend the era back a few years for me, because the reason this movie came up on the show was it's the first rated R movie I ever saw in a theater. Okay. And it's the first time I ever I ever saw boobs in the presence of a parent. My dad took me to see this movie, and whenever they have the unisex bathroom shower scene, particularly whenever Des gets in there, Desi, I remember my eyes like popping like thinking my dad is sitting right here is that the quarterback uh yeah okay and i looked over at him during that scene and he was staring right at me like, he wasn't looking at the screen he was looking at me <laughs> he's so see. proud of you yeah he's like look so i think there it is boy <laughs> i think just general nudity it's silly to uh get excited about that because there's so much graphic porn available however <laughs> I was watching the movie wondering if we'd get Denise Richards in a shower scene. Sure. and uh, Yeah, it's disappointing. Apparently that that wasn't in the cards for her. But I thought I could pick this out as a real Jake favorite early when um, one of the guys, like his pet is a ferret. <laughs> First five minutes I see a ferret on, on screen. I'm That's thinking, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. I was thinking this is going to be a big part of the storyline. It wasn't. <laughs> no. No. Uh, but, you know, we did see future football. What year is this in? Uh, it's like supposed to be. The tw- like 23, 21, 24? something like okay. 2197. Okay. Hundreds of years from now. Yeah. Not like in the next 10 years or no. something. No. Um, thought I had a lot of problems with future football. I, th- I thought it looked kick ass. Looked like a very hard field, much less protection, no mouth guards. And why and, are they playing in the spring? Is there a pandemic? <laughs> right there must have been a pandemic. Graduation. Uh, female quarterback was dominating, too. That's interesting about the future. We still make females wear really short skirts, yet they seem to be physically equal to men. I think that's throughout the whole movie. You know, whether it's the military, whether it's the right. football, whether it's the pilot. Like they're I mean, kicking they... ass in the military. and Yeah, so let me just give you this real quick. Obviously, the first time I saw this movie, I just thought, badass. There's, right. go- there's gore, there's war, there's football, there's, there's boobs. boobs, and I just, it was this. So it appealed uh, to the teenager. It absolutely did. Now, in the few times I've seen it since then, and particularly last night, and I'm reading, this is absolutely a brilliant movie. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that is trying to accomplish maybe too much at one time, but this is, you could enjoy this as a 13-year-old. But you could also sit there, you know, and sit and there, whoa, poli- man. You can politically break it down. You really can. So it really had a lot of deeper meaning than Little Jake understood. Yeah, and I didn't know the guy who did it did, you know, uh, Basic Instinct, uh, Robocop. Not Basic Instinct. Total yeah, Recall. Both. He did oh. both. And Showgirls on top of that. Okay. So the weird movies. But certainly Robocop and Total Recall would be similar in the projecting the future. Yeah, just Very dystopian. dystopic, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And probably kind of a negative slant on where we're heading and what things will look like. Maybe even a comical negative slant. Yes. Because you could watch this and wonder, you could wonder, do we take this, like, is the movie taking itself seriously or not? Like, it seemed like, you know, there's fighting scenes, and there's a plot, and there's there's some serious things going on here. But then, other times, it was clearly just a campy, goofy, 
you know, and I suppose that's what you think about RoboCop. Uh, you know, they're they're they're. It's clearly a comedy, but a weird, twisted, dark comedy. Yeah, I think it's almost like a send up on the recruitment commercials you see on television for the military. It's like a fake glorification of war and death and violence, but you're doing it because you are a citizen. And to make matters even funnier, they used a bunch of actors and actresses that look like they belong on Dawson's Creek. You know, real glossy, perfect Ken doll-looking actors and actresses. Well, they were saying that's like an Aryan-type thing. They were trying to... Exactly. To, to do kind of a... And I don't really know what this means. Maybe you can explain the bigger political meetings. But the fascism uh, involved, and clearly uh, Doogie Hauser whatever his real name is, when he's walking around. Looks SS. Looks like an SS officer with mm. the exact, you know, the big coat and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, they're they're going, they're, the plot is that they're fighting a faraway planet of bugs, of giant bugs, but very smart bugs. The arachnids. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in the end, their goal was to kidnap like one of the smart bugs to uh, try and study him, and they they actually did. Which, and I I find a lot of plot holes there as well. They did seem to fire nuclear weapons, but then those nukes they wouldn't really there'd be no fallout. So we figured that out. Yeah, I think they were playing pretty fast and loose with the term nuke. But yeah, I mean, even from the time when Rico, and of course his name is Johnny Rico, wants to join up. You know, he's he wants to be a part of this bigger thing, this the Federation. He, wants he was one a, of the 25-year-old high school students. <laughs> they all had to be in their Very old. back half of their 20s. Um, they want their citizenship. They want their citizenship, and they want to be a part of this regimented, militarized, you know, uh, party. And also, the gratuitous violence in this movie, if you watch it now, is obviously supposed to make you think about how much we just completely desensitize war. You know, you don't even think about it. Like, you just think, oh, there's a, a we're, we're at war. But By the way, know, John, Johnny uh, Rico, Casper Van Dien, was 29 when this movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> Makes total sense. But Denise movie, Richards doesn't look young either. No. No. She also looks way too hot to be doing any job that she was doing. Yes, but let me give you some pushback o- there. Only hot, if you're too hot. I'll take the other one. And she's sort of portrayed as the Dizzy? ugly duckling, you know. Dina Meyer? Yes. Yeah, she's hotter. She's perfect. And she wanted Johnny Rico, and he had nothing to do with her. No, and then he, she had to die in his arms. But, but she had to okay, settle for if, Doogie Hauser at one point. A, they had 20 minutes hole, together. They for, did. for a plot hole, <laughs> they when, they, when they, yeah, when they do finally get to sleep together, uh, right then the bell rings that they're going to war and all hands on deck right now, we're all going. And uh, he said, well, hold on, Sergeant, give me 10 minutes, because he saw he was with the girl. He goes, I'll give you 20. <laughs> like, wait, I thought we had to get on deck right now because we're going to war. You know what, though? Yeah. Get, no. a little, get a little before you There's go. barely a plot. Yeah. And what plot there is is Swiss cheese. It's It mostly exists to make fun of itself and to make fun of society, society and where and we're going. And you also have to remember, this is before 9-11. And this this movie is already sort of projecting out this, hey, we're all just going to be okay with endless war, because it makes us feel better to be you know on the offensive. I, I it messed me up when I saw it last night, but I also laughed the entire time. Yeah, 
I had fun with it. I liked it. Especially like seeing Hank from Breaking Bad. It's young Hank, although he still looks pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He, he looked the probably one. 50 then, but he looks 50 now. And uh, who's Carver? Carver, right? Yeah, Carver. Herc's partner? It. Yeah. No Herc in this, but we got no Carver. Herc. The guard from Shawshank was mm-hmm. the, the drill instructor. That's Mr. Krabs. I don't Krabs. know if you noticed the Groucho girl from Swingers, the one who had the cigar that Trent was picking up on, but she was business class. And then, of course, Gary Busey's son. The great Jake Busey. Uh, and apparently, in the audition period, he said, look, I know how to play the violin. And they said, okay, we'll just work that into the script. <laughs> For no other it made reason. made no sense at all. They, When they delivered supplies to the faraway planet, included there was a violin. So he yeah. could play. The neon violin, by the way. The neon violin. I really enjoyed any time they show, like even how it starts, the fake news broadcasts. You click on something, click yeah. on for more information. Would you, to learn more. Would you so, like to know more? Would you like to know? This is whenever Rico has decided, I've had enough of this stuff. I'm not cut out to be a citizen. I'm not cut out, cut out to be squad leader. But then the town that they're all from, Buenos Aires, gets... Uh, I guess meteor nuked. Gets bugged. Yeah, and here's the, the one minute report. What's going on? War! We're going to war! The devastation we are seeing is unparalleled. Judging from early estimates, millions dead. A city in ruins. Is that Geneva? Damn bugs whacked his chunk. The meteor was shot out of orbit by bug plasma that derived from Clendathil, the arachnid's home planet. Nothing lives in what was once called the Latin Paradise. Hello, Johnny, it's us. Buenos Aires has been wiped off the earth. <laughs> <laughs> the matter of fact, it's Wiped off the earth. Buenos Aires has been wiped off the earth. <laughs> you remember where he was walking? He was walking down Washout Lane. That's right. I also feel like the bugs, they have a very cool defense mechanism where some of them can just shoot like this big rocket up in the air from their planet, and it will just uh, you know hit some stuff. and doesn't have an aiming system, really, but can cut your ship in half and all that kind of stuff. I feel like they're not really being true to what evolution is all about why would you develop that why would you have that power if never you had never needed it before you know you only develop defense mechanisms when they're needed right maybe they needed it thousands and thousands of years ago that we, we don't know about know, okay yeah they used again, it to bore their holes you know, <laughs> dig tunnels they do dig tunnels for the brain bug did you um, notice who the uh, biology teacher was by the way i didn't notice it but i've seen it now Blanche from Golden Girls. Rue McLean. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, a lot of stars in this. this a lot of people we recognize. Probably the hardest I laughed whenever they discover a base that has been um, terrorized by the bugs. And uh, there's one guy who was killed by the bugs who's got something a little different about his death. What does that look like to you, Rico? Looks like a bug was in his brain, sir. So then they hold up the guy's head, and he's got a hole at the top of it. Just a, a, a perfect board hole. They sucked his brains out. <laughs> yes. It's all sticky. We got to see that later, too. Yeah, that was the best part of the whole movie at the end when the guy got his brain sucked out. 
So, A+. Plus. And I'm glad everybody else on the show watched it, because... Yeah, it's fun, but then I also read a New Yorker article, and then there was another article out just recently, TheVerge.com, and they're just... They're pretty much breaking down the depth of this movie. Just the depth of what it means politically and the, the dark vision that the, the filmmaker had. and it's. I almost want to go watch it again and think harder about that stuff. Because there was a lot more to this movie than 12-year-old Jake understood. Yeah, way more. And I almost think that the action and stuff has to be kind of corny to make you think about that deeper stuff because otherwise you're just like blown away like okay for example like if it was trying to just to be really right when you watch like saving, saving private ryan you're just thinking about the people on screen because they seem real you're not really thinking about necessarily the war or whatever else is going on around it this is so dumb and corny and campy that you realize okay there's definitely something else going on here that's we why you have might- to you have to have a guy playing a violin that's why you have to have that <laughs> We also might get a, uh, I don't know if we can work this in, the we get you, sir. Let's do it. I think but this what does is he a... say before that? Who are all these kids? Okay, so yeah, they got Rico's in charge now, as Ironside is dead, and they've got uh, a new batch of recruits who all look like recruits, which means 15 years younger than the actors and actresses. Yeah. Who are all these kids? We got reinforced. Most of them are fresh out of boot. Or the old menace. This is for all you new people. I only have one rule. Everyone fights. No one quits. Don't do your job, I'll kill you myself. Do you get me? We got you, sir! Welcome to the Roughnecks. Rico's uh, Roughnecks! Rico's Roughnecks. Yes. Do you Survive. get me? Harvard. Do you get me? We I'll kill you, you myself. Do you get me? We got you, sir! Oh, that will be very useful. Yeah. Finally, Killer learns how to swim. I. I. So. 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 I. I. So. 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 I. I. So. 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 I. 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 So. 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 I. I. So. So, 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 I, 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 so, 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 I, 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 so, 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 I, I, so, 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 I, 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 so, 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 I, 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 so, 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 I, I, so, 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 I, 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 so, 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 I, all right, we're back. It's one fifty something. And we're about to begin the bit portion of our show. We've been very serious up until now. Uh, not that this isn't going to be serious. You know what I have to do? I have to turn off the pool cleaner because that thing is uh, just flying around the pool and it's going to attack Killer's leg. Dirk, do you need him to turn that pool cleaner off? Yeah. 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 Can you do that from your phone, technology boy? Yeah. Can you vamp for a second while I go grab my phone? I can. So what we're doing here is we are... Teaching Killer how to swim. Uh, Killer cannot swim. Killer had a traumatic incident whenever he was eight years old. Killer Jason Kellison, who is 44 years old, uh, where a older boy jumped in the pool 
and he it was not after school but he he jumped in the pool and submerged killer to the bottom of the pool and he has had a fear of water ever since really yeah he has uh he has never he has never learned to swim and he can trace it back to that singular incident so as he told the musers and norm this morning he will not go on a boat he will not get into a pool that is beyond about waist deep now what i'm seeing right now is i'm seeing a guy who is way beyond waist deep i'm seeing a guy who is who who looks comfortable calm collected and uh looks like he's ready to learn to swim to me should i see the thing is if i get in the water i don't think i can hear can you guys come over here a little bit and we can we can uh, do a little pregame talk here so killer is in the pool but in the shallow end and apparently he's never been in the deep end and uh boy look who just walked in the pool area with his cabana hat what do you call that kind of a hat there jake what what would you call that type of uh, that that type of hat george pith pith i don't think that's what you call it uh, anyway george dunham just walked into the pool area jub jub former junior olympic swimmer the george dunham i believe we have a microphone available for him but yeah, he's are setting that up got to go find it he's as we speak so let's talk to dirk a little leisurely bit walking over to get it uh the ticket first learned of dirk who is the dirk of teaching swimming but is also named dirk you have uh some experience with our ticket colleagues and swimming education correct that is correct and who would that be uh, that would be Van Davidson. That would be uh, Ryder Dobbs, oh. Donovan Lewis, and you, Killer. Where do you stand on uh, the name Van, Jake? Uh, I like it. It sounds throwback. Van is uh, is a, an old kind of an old timey name, right? Van Morrison. Yeah, I think it's a fine name. And your goal here of getting me in more trouble with my colleagues regarding their kid's name is transparent and disgusting. Well, I just wanted. It to be noted that you won't bash the male coworker, but you'll just uh, hammer away at the female coworker. All right, so Go back ahead. to Dirk. Um, who is the oldest person that you have ever taught to swim? About eighty-five years old. Really, eighty-five years old? Is that common? It is not. It's not common. How? What percentage of your of your students would you say are adults, though? I'd say about twenty percent. Okay. Yeah, that's surprising to me. It's surprising to me as someone who, I, as we were talking earlier, I don't remember learning to swim, so it must have been. You know, three, two, pre-memory. I'm, I'm not sure what's normal these days. Despite the fact that I was a junior Olympian, I don't think I learned to swim until I was like six or seven. Wow. Yeah, I was a little late. You just picked it right up, though. Natural. From <laughs> a Dunham, we, we uh, naturally float. Did they do the, like, did your old man throw you in the pool? My brother did, who was nearly an Olympic swimmer. At one point, he was like a top 20 in the nation swimmer. And I think he was frustrated the fact that I couldn't swim yet. So we so, we so, did that with Kip last year. How'd we that just, go? We threw him in the pool. Now he won't even go inside the fence. So he's more of a killer type. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's not the proper way to teach somebody to swim. But uh-huh. Jub had a traumatic experience and turned it into uh, medals in the medal stand. Killer had a traumatic experience and and Shut shied down. away. Killer, tell. Have to Killer tell his story. I've never heard this. Okay, he wants your story in your yeah, own words. My Jason. neighbor's got a kid. Well, oh, wait, hold on. Go ahead. Let <laughs> That's him go. a different story. <laughs> Keep playing. When I was seven or eight, I was learning to swim, company picnic. I was trying to swim from one side to the other, and some teenager jumped off the diving board, hit me, took me to the bottom. Next thing, next thing I know, I'm on the side of the pool, and I'm waking up. How is it possible that right now, while he's in a nervous situation, he's actually he sounds better than he, than he actually normally does when we're just... On the air, he seems very calm, Dan. Yeah, he. Everything's equal. 
Didn't really violate the five-second rule, did he, George? No, no. No, <laughs> no violation at all. <laughs> Offense kept charging down the field there. So what would you say is the biggest challenge for Killer uh, or some new student like this? Of course, our plan here is we're going to get him acclimated to the shallow end, and then at some point he's going to actually jump off the diving board. What's What are the biggest obstacles here for Killer? He's going to need to remain calm, uh, slow, steady strokes, um, just stay relaxed, and uh, I think he could definitely make it across the pool uh, in the next five minutes. Now, one thing I would tell you about Dirk, Dan, is this man has a very Bodie-like vibe to him. Have you picked that up? He's got a deep, full tan yeah, all he's over, too. Yeah, he's got beautiful like, blonde hair. He clearly does not wear a shirt very often. No, he looks great. He's got a, a really nice... Uh, it's like the natural facial hair that just looks good without having to manicure it. Yeah. Like, he he looks like he'd be up for a game of beach football and maybe some skydiving <laughs> with no parachute. We found uh, the right guy. Yeah, and apparently a waterproof watch, which I suppose you have to have if you're a guy like Dirk. That is sweet. So what are what are your biggest concerns here, Killer? Uh, so would you say this is about as deep as you normally get in, sort of sitting on the steps in a shallow end? I will get in probably about four feet right up to my chest, and that's when I start to get really scared and nervous, and that's when I start to come back. Now, have you thought about how amazing it is that you were able to secure a woman that will hand you the keys to an oil company and uh, this great life that you've acquired via marriage without being able to swim? I mean, that, that adds an extra layer to what you must have going on down there. You know what I mean? But, but it was all about... Just very desperate and was pleased with something. Okay. I feel like, I feel like her marrying him... It was like this big challenge. She knew she could. She was going to change him, and this is one of the things because now he golfs, right? Yeah. That's right. He does. He golf. wears collar shirts. He's uh, lost a bunch beat, of weight. Lost a ton of weight. Beat yeah. Killer or beat uh, Corby in a, a foot race. Yeah, what a year this is for Killer. Incredible. And Saroy. And Saroy, well, yeah. at least by transitive property, but he smoked. Uh, he smoked uh, the other Corby's kid. kid. Yeah, Saroy, and then yes, if he. To, to toss Corby on top of the heap is uh, just a chef's kiss for sure. Um, George, would you say in the end, like years from now, decades from now, we'll remember this as the year of killer? Over the pandemic? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far, but maybe maybe hand in hand the year that... But like right above George the, Floyd in between the pandemic and the... No football or sports. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in between there. Just, yeah. Now, let Killer know this. He doesn't have a headset. But this morning, I did do some chemical work on the pool. And, uh, did you shock it? Well, no. I put this chemical in that if you pee in the pool, it'll turn red. Yeah, so be careful down there, Jason. He's, he's treated the pool. Uh, we don't want to see any. Uh, it's a secret chemical. Any red that only out of the front of your shorts there. Dad, you pool it. owners know. No purple rings. No. Where's your floaties? I thought you had some floaties that you brought. Dirk said I didn't need them. Now wow. I did have my daughter uh, fill up the uh, inflatable hamburger, as you see it there in the hot yeah, tub. I'm really distracted by that. I've never <laughs> seen a floating hamburger. Before. <laughs> I thought that might mark that inspire uh, Killer to jump in the pool if he thought he might get closer to that hamburger. Oh no, no, not not in 2020. You should have uh, done an inflatable kale and cucumber salad. <laughs> no, but just like you on the cleanse, I know Killer yeah, still dreams. His, his uh, sexy dreams are about hamburgers. They're not about kale. So uh, what are we doing on time, Dan? Oh, I, I want to know one other, uh, just a pool myth from a uh, swimming expert. Sure. Who is Dirk, I, I would imagine, and George perhaps sure. as well. But uh, uncle and aunt, we used to go over to their house to swim, 
And we were never allowed to go in until a full half hour after the last bite of food we ate. And Myth. I always thought that was complete bullshit. Myth. I, in fact, I think they took that on on Mythbusters. Like they ate a, ate a five-course meal and then jumped right in? <laughs> yeah. Like so. what was the – Dirk, you would agree that the food, the food rule is a myth? The food rule? Wait 30 minutes before swimming? Yeah, you don't need to do that. You might you uh, actually suggest a, a trip to a buffet uh, right beforehand. Absolutely, some Cheetos. Some well, that's now, in, what about the in other the past, myth? Jake? What about yeah, the no more. <laughs> no more buffets? Buffets are dead. What about the other myth that I've heard that it's bad to have sex in the pool? That's nonsense too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Bucket. Yeah. You know, you're always told that. Oh, we can't. Not here. It's bad. Has Killer Boring. incorporated that? Sex in the pool, Killer. Didn't they prove that you can in Showgirls? I don't know. Haven't that seen it, all. but I, I'm going to assume that was a great line, Dan. Yeah. I'll, Dude, you're referencing the other out way. of control. Everyone knows that. All right, so when we come back, let's uh, let's get some live action from Killer in the pool. I'll get in. So more. we have video action here. Trey is out here in Austin. Trey, Trey. Austin, who invented Regonk.com. And the hang zone. And he invented the hang zone. We have a, the neighbor's oh, kid that. is looking over the fence. Damn wasp is back, Dan. Right now, there's a thousand of them out there. George, tell him about Dirt Daubers. Why do they have stingers if they're not going to sting me? I don't know. I can't answer that. I, I just know that I was a Lano dauber. That's what <laughs> yeah, you but... were in um, junior high before you went to high school. You were a dauber and then you were a yellow jacket. Oh, really? Yeah. And the dauber is weak, right? It's it's harmless. It just builds mud huts, and I don't think it stings you. It's, I don't think it's, it's able to sting, but uh, Jake is running around like a... Uh... <laughs> A 1950s housewife and see, who saw a mouse and is standing up on the uh, okay. Would the you table let and, flying uh, flying insects with stingers into the bunker, the underground? That's just no. That's out of bounds. Yeah. If we're out here, I, I can keep deal with out it. But, just in case. Yeah. Okay. So when we come back, we'll have Killer in the water. I'll swim alongside him and sort of and he'll jump some, off the diving board and then he'll go jump off the diving board. We'll do that all next on the ticket. Uh, uh, all right. Here so, we are. So. so. Uh, uh, so, Me. So, so, so. Up in the perch. Uh, uh, so, what do they call it so, when Jim Nance is up there? Uh, the tower? I don't know. Maybe I'm in the tower. So, so. so I'm overlooking my pool. So, and that's where I thought so, I was going to so, be. It's so, hotter than flip down here. So, 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 so. Well, maybe we can get you to jump in and, and cool off. But uh, first, though, we're here for the killer. Now, it's uh, Dan and Jake here on a Friday. It's about quarter after two. George Jub Jub Dunham Yo. joins us live out here. Yo. He is side. sitting with his uh, feet dangling in the pool. After That's school, cool. I'll take a dick into the pool. Oh, hold oh, on, oh, dude. What? Just your feet. As <laughs> of now, just your one feet. That we just want to get rid of. Permanently. Yeah, but I think we say that about two dozen of them. No, I just want one. Just Th that that one. should be a rule. I just think it's fascinating. That... <laughs> no, we'll keep that one. You want to keep that one? Keep that one. Get rid of the in the pool. So we've had a lot of cool things happen on this Friday. Got some new fun drops. Um, we got some tall right. boys down here. Oh, it's Tall Boy Friday. It is yeah. Tall Boy Friday. And you actually brought some tall boys. Yep. Look at that. Oh, I was yeah. going to. Somebody else did. I think Killer did. We have actual beer here on a Friday. Uh, boy, Killer looks like the polar opposite of uh, Dirk as far as the tan is concerned. Uh, one guy who has his shirt off all the time and one guy who has his shirt off for the first time ever. It's like he's teaching an Amish farmer to swim. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, somebody suggested, Jake, that when we go to the phones, which we will do in the next segment, that uh, we now call it the squall line. I like that. 
as we were uh, listening to Squall Line uh, humor earlier. That's what we do here on. Can't believe y'all hadn't heard of that one before. He don't. Squall Line? I've never heard of Squall Line. Yeah, I've heard that. That one. That was a couple years ago, and it's one of those. I don't know what that's called, but whenever you you buy a red car and you see a million of them, I do hear it all the time now. Yeah. After I first heard the term, but I still don't know what it means. Do you think the I'm heat really dome is pressing down upon us right now? No doubt. Or is it protecting I'm us? It. <laughs> or is it protecting us from the squall line? So yeah, George, who knows? George put forth the idea uh, in the break that Killer might have been sandbagging because he's kind of killing it. Like it, like he's like he's like it. The pool is Corby. But (laughs) we understand he's got this uh, devastating fear. He's been in my pool before. For the Schlitzgay. Yeah, the (laughs) the ice bucket challenge uh, video put together by Saroy, and I believe Austin was probably part of that too. I think he was. Trey is in that as well. But Killer was a very big killer back then. We should put that video back out. Uh, But. But I never knew about his traumatic experience. He actually was, you know, almost drowned at the bottom of a pool when he was like six years old. And the fact that he's going to go step up onto my diving board and then uh, jump into the deepest end of the pool. And I think we're looking at about, uh, I don't know, 30 to 60 feet deep right there, somewhere in that range. Can't see the bottom. It's very, very deep over there. Uh, You want to talk to him and and then get this done? Are we ready? Yeah, let's do this. How are you feeling? Uh, We're we're moments away from the... uh from the big jump uh yeah let's do it let's just do it oh he's he's uh he's, he's frozen again. up he's okay again he's frozen up a little George bit George is calling this fake where's your level of confidence uh dirk the swim instructor like 95 percent well what the, is the five percent he drowns or he's not what gonna die the, no, we got I have my rescue tube um that's worst case scenario but i think he's got it thinks he's got it all right so what's well, the that's why here? we brought jub out here too he could jump yeah, in and I, help i'm him. back up for dirk I do have one concern, swimming friends, and that is his entry to the pool is off the diving board, right? Correct. And he's going to dive like you've been working with him, Dirk? No? We did, okay. one. We did one. Just a jump? He's yeah, done one I dive. Predict, <laughs> I predict the belly flop to start this thing. No, oh, he's, he's going to try and dive? The dive is going to be the easy part. It's what happens afterward, uh, which, which that's, I think, the 5% that Dirk laid out there that is a, a, de- a death. <laughs> but... No, nah, we're, we're not focused on that right now. Now, if he died in the year of killer, would we do the next segment, or would we kind of throw it to? Do we have a network to throw it to? He wants to know, uh, Dan, if you'll take care of his wife and kids if the five percent comes through. Absolutely. He says absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I look forward to that. He's gonna wear the killer. I thought she's. Yeah, I'll be Dan Oil. CEO. No, you have to call it Killer Oil. Still, you'll be the CEO of Killer Oil, Dan McDowell. You'll wear no, little, like like the Kobe. Pro- what was the Mamba Training Center? I, to honor Killer, I'm gonna not call it that. <laughs> Burn all the pictures. Killer of Oil, take- starring Dan McDowell. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like bad radio. It'll just feel weird. All right, I think it's time. So if you want to, if you want to, he's freezing up big time now. By the way. Okay, so <laughs> Killer is sitting in in the water on the side of the You're pool, but him. now. He is uh, stepping out of the water. There he goes. He is, he is glistening. <laughs> oh, the water is dripping off him. It's Killer Kate's. Got goggles on. All right, I'm taking my headphones Very off, Dan. Or I think I could keep them on over here. Nice. Okay, Jake is in the water on the side too. Hold on, Killer. Tell him hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're gonna have to dramatically uh, do a drum roll for him in a minute, but I just want to describe the scene out here. So George at the far no, no, end. Don't go yet. We'll tell you. George at the far end by the uh, in the you know swing uh, the yeah, shallow end. I got a straight on view. He's in his crouch right now, Dan. Jake so, is. So. Jake. Is, <laughs> so. 
Jake is on the side of the pool, inside in the water, so that he can swim right over to him after the dive. Killer is standing on the diving board, and he is uh, he is crouched. He is uh, looking at the water, and his his coach is in the pool, giving him some last second tips. All right, so uh, can we hit the drum roll? Because he's he's. <laughs> all right, tell him we got about a minute because it's a drum roll. All right, but drum roll starting. So I'll let you know when it's time, Killer. We got to wait for the dog bark. Can he look at you and, and for a point? Job trying to supersede the <laughs> register. Yeah, he's like the parent in the stand. Uh, hey, yelling. choke up, choke up on the bat. Don't listen to that. Move coach. back in the box. Hold your mic out, Jake. Let's hear it. All right. All right, go, killer. Oh, oh that was City, baby. a huge belly flop. <laughs> Look at the stroke, though. He's and then he swims stroke going. all the way over to the shallow end. Now, he never off the bottom. He did not tread water in the deep no. end, but he did swim his way to the shallow end, and it is done. The killer dove off the pool. Hey, screw that kid. Every inch of the front oh, of his body there, hit wow. the water at the same time. Oh, like his toe, now. his nose. I don't know if I can swim. I can glide. Now you had a stroke going. You had a nice little uh, freestyle stroke going. That was for my kid. Yeah. And Dirk. Dirk how, Dirk, how do you think he did? I'm, I'm so proud. Uh, I was worried my swim career was going to crumble at this moment, but it didn't. You came <laughs> through. I'm very proud of you. Good job. I, that killer, I noticed you didn't thank God. I thank my kid and my wife and Dirk. Have him stand up. Well, he up. did it, guys. I'm going to put the headphones I want to see on. if his belly's red. Uh, no, I don't. Not yet, but it will be. Killer, that belly flop had to hurt. My chest is caving in right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was loud. Did y'all pick that up up there in the uh, press box, Dan? Yeah, and I might have talked over it. I was so excited. Oh, man. I don't I don't know that we got clean killer belly flop. We, we, we still got it. Yeah. We did? One more time would be better, though. Yeah. Do a oh, jackknife. So, Killer Mino says says one more time would be better just for the audio purposes, but if he says no, uh, no. he just said no, yeah, he he will not do it. flop hurt. I was afraid of that. We actually were talking off the air, Jub, wondering that we were thinking about trying to get some good audio, maybe a sound effect here. And uh, would you be willing, as George Jub Dunham right now, yeah, on Tall Boy Friday, mm-hmm. to walk over to my diving board, fully clothed? Yeah, and give us a cannonball. Yeah. Am I closed? Yeah. 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 So you walk over to the diving board right yeah. now, and you do a cannonball. This segment. Shotgun a beer, then do it? Wow. Yes. Do it. That's exactly what I was thinking. How did you? So he just looked over at the six-pack and, yeah. and had that idea by himself because he's George. Well, I like the party. He does like the party. I never realized. I don't think you guys do, but I do. Okay, so what you know it tastes so good when it first hits your lips. Okay, so I'm about to drive home soaking wet. Well, I have towels. Yeah, we got some uh, Brooklinen towels there, Jake. It's we like do, a cloud. Yeah. We'll wrap Jake. In, we'll wrap Jub in a cloud. Mrs. McDowell home. She is. You want to party with her? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I may just have to take off my clothes after this. I do you notice all the white spots in my lawn? That's where I was uh, spraying for the. We'll hit the chug with him when he starts. All right. For the weeds. Okay, George is actually... So, wait, you better take off those headphones. Yeah, I will. I will. And uh, not... Like, do you have your phone on you? 
Uh, yeah, let me take that out. Yeah, hand that to to Cray Tray or, or you know, let's. Uh, okay. Okay, so George is standing now next to the diving board. Yeah, the deck's kind of hot. With a full tall it's a boy. Deck. Yeah, stand up on the diving board. Maybe that's a little cooler on the yeah, feet. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Uh, All right, so we're gonna we gotta do the whole beer. <laughs> yeah, do the whole <laughs> beer. Yeah. And then we're going to record. We want to get this clean, so no one talk over this. We need a clean Jub Cannonball. Can I go can opener instead of cannonball? I think I'm better at can opener, and I think it'd make a bigger noise. Yes, bigger noise is is fine. Okay, so I'm gonna. Can I call it cannonball on the air so that it sounds cooler? Sure. All right, so I'm gonna chug the beer, throw down the equipment. Now, what is it when Carl, the greenskeeper, chugs a beer and then smokes? Cannonball. Cannonball coming. I'm letting that wasp out, Jake. You pee. I'm getting the dog. Okay, I'll hand the mic and, and the headphones <laughs> to Cray Tray. So Jub is about to okay. give Are us a Jub cannonball. Me, killer and Dirk are on board as well. To the year of Killer. <laughs> yeah, this is all about Killer. All right, I'm going to put the headphones down first. And my hat. Oh, he's gonna not going to jump in with oh, the hat? I'm to take my hat. Here, I'll just throw that over here. He doesn't want to leave the hat with I'll leave my Trey. On. That looks really cool. So he gave Trey, Trey his Ready keys and his phone. To killer. Let's go. He did it. He did it. He took a dip in the pool. All four guys chugged a beer. Dirk Killer, Jake, and Jub. We have a diving Jub. And then Jub, that was definitely more of a cannonball than that. Is that his phone? What was in his pocket? Oh, it's his key fob. Oh, no. His car might not work. This is incredible. We've seen two pieces of history made uh, right here on the ticket today, and you've seen it, of course, because you're watching your radio, where uh, Killer jumped into the, uh, excuse me, dove into the deep end, really more of a belly flop, and then George Jub Jub Dunham just did a cannonball after chugging a beer on, (laughs) oh, Bodie's so excited, on Tall Boy Friday, and George, uh, I think those that's his key fob that he just pulled out of his pants pocket. But did you see how quickly, when he realized that the key fob was nine feet deep, immediately just dove down like a Navy SEAL, retrieved him? Oh, that's where he got it? Oh, there you go. Yeah. At the bottom of the pool? Yeah. Okay, he just pressed the button and heard his car beep, so, so it does work. So what I couldn't... This is fantastic. What I, what I don't know if you could really capture, Dan... So I'm out of breath here. Killer's legs were like trembling. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't I mean, see that from up here. We've taken the baby to to swim lessons, and it, it looked exactly like a 14 month old being, you know, trying to be convinced to jump in. He was he was absolutely shaking and trembling. So she, he was not sandbagging. No, he might have been trying to sandbag in the lead up, but when the moment of truth came, look he at was, how great Jub looks, fully wet. <laughs> He does. Does he look more like Phoebe Cates than Killer does? Oh, man, that was great. That was great. 
Well, P1s, that's all for the podcast this week. Have a fun weekend, and like that, we're ghosts. Airport security checkpoint. I'm Grego. Now nobody gets through here until I okay them and declare them fit for travel. This may take a while. You will take no weapons through here. We'll start with the obvious. No guns, no explosives, no cutting instruments, no suspicious packages, and no biological agents of mass construction. What? Also, we have some less obvious items you can't take through here. No fingernail clippers, no emery boards, no nail files, no tweezers, no cotton swabs, no band-aids, no deodorant, and no complaints from any of you, okay? All right, now more importantly, I want everyone to look up at this sign right here. That's Grego's big rule number one. No Arabic ties. You cannot get through here if you have any Arabic ties. It's at my discretionary. All right. Now then, let's get on. Let's get this started here. Let's get moving. Step up. Be interviewed by Grego. What's your name? Ed Morris. Are you from Afghanistan? No. Are you a member of the Taliban, Ed? No. Are you or are you currently carrying or secreting on your person a nuclear weapon of mass construction? No, and, and that would be mass destruction. Don't you correct me, Ed! Let me ask you, do you smoke, son? Yeah. Have you ever smoked camels? Yeah, I just bought a pack. Get in the back of my line! No camel smokers in here! All right, step up. Next person in line, what's your name? Pete Grafton. What kind of last name is Grafton, Pete? It's Germanic, I think. Germanic? Why don't you have an American name like I do? Williams? Why aren't you from America? Well, I am, but our relatives are from someplace else. Well, I'm from America, brother. Last time I checked, Boyd was in America. Uh, I mean, all right, Pete. Are you carrying any smallpox in your baggage? You can't carry. That's a disease, isn't it? What's that on your shoulder? Looks like a little smallpox or something there. Dandruff. Well, all right, Pete. Have you ever been to jihad? Isn't jihad the Islamic word for holy war? You can't go to jihad. Hey, how do you know so much about this place we call jihad, huh? Newspaper, Newsweek, TV. Is there anybody in your house in the Taliban? No, I live alone with my dog. Huh. Well, how do you know that your dog's not in the Taliban? He's he's a freaking dog. Yeah, well, what's your dog's name? Spot. What kind of dog is Spot? He's a mix. He's a... Doberman and an Afghan hound. Afghan hound, you get Next in line. Step on up, sir. What's your name? Uh, I'm, I'm Al. Al, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Al, I'm Al, as in 
Al Qaeda, huh? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, Al Qaeda, so we finally meet face to face again. Get the hell out of here! Get the hell out of here! Get right up. What's your name, sir? It's me, Giorgio. Giorgio, I don't yeah. know a Giorgio, not okay. do I? Yes, George Dunham. George I work with you. We worked together for eight years Interesting. now. Interesting. Well, yeah. Mr. Dunham, let me ask you a few questions. All right. What's that container you got there in your hand? Well, it's just a bag I have from lunch. I went to Chili's, got a turkey sandwich, and uh, oh, a turkey sandwich! Turkey, a country known for harboring oh, terrorists. It's a sandwich. No, no, it's a sandwich, Grego. It's me. We've worked together for eight years. It's a turkey sandwich. I can take that on the plane. It's no big deal. Oh, okay. So you're stating this is fact, huh? Well, yeah, man. Yeah. Yemen, huh? Known for harboring terrorists. Grego. Grego, you're going crazy. Come on, stop it. Well, I have to be particular about this, Giorgio, because we don't want any incidents happening. Yeah, I understand. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of concern about this whole security thing. I understand what? you're. Co- what did you say? I-, I said there's been a lot of concern about. Well, wait, say it again. There's been a lot of concern. Bin this- Laden, huh? Oh, Get come on, Grego! Grego! You lost it! 